Hey, oh, it's time to do a show again. All right. It's the 20th of uh, September. That is a Tuesday. We're almost, I think we're a day away from the transition that equinox, they call it from, from summer to fall in the Northern hemisphere, autumn, very big day when we do that transition. So that's coming up and uh, we got some great, great guests for you today, including, well, I I almost don't know how to describe this guy's background because the most diverse background from psychotherapy to Jungian psychology or a viewpoints on, on, uh, health and healing. Uh, it could be a, I think it's going to be a great interview we're going to have uh, with Daniel Harner, first time on the Robert Bell show. Also, Clay Clark returns from his we Reawaken America tour. Uh, we've got links to that. We'll be discussing as well uh, Biden's comments. You know, I opened yesterday's show about Biden declaring an end to the pandemic, and now everybody's mansplaining what he said. <laughs> what does that mean? We'll get into that for sure. And uh, is Paul Offit an anti-vaxxer? Ooh, did hell freeze over? We're going to check that out, too, when we come back from this brief break to get the Robert Scott Bell Show started right about now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. It, it occurs to me that one of the big questions that we probably all have had or have 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 currently actually I'm thinking about this is how do we reach the people that we perceive need to be reached. And it's an interesting way to ask that because we perceive they need to be reached, but they not, they might not share that same perception. They don't feel like they need to be reached. In fact, they're afraid if you reach out to them, like, Oh my gosh, I might die COVID. You know how fear is, you know how irrational fear is, but you know also how irrational cognitive dissonance is, or maybe it's a rational response to, a view of the world that would be so shocking to your current worldview or their current worldview that they have rationally, I don't know, made a decision. I don't want to see it. And I'm going to do everything I can to prevent myself from seeing it. Yet many people have woken up from this cognitive dissonance. It has happened. Many people who had one view in their life. In fact, I'll look at all of y'all and you can look at me and we can point to each other and say, I bet you've had at least one, if not 10 or a million <laughs> things that you had a belief in and that something, something happened to you in your life and said, I'm going to change my belief. That doesn't fit me. doesn't suit me anymore. Or something about it doesn't fit anything in your perspective. We could describe that as a consciousness shift. That's one way to describe it. And there are many different terms to uh, kind of give us a perspective on how or what that is. But suffice it to say, yeah, many people have been stuck in a state of consciousness for a long time and it takes a lot of pain anguish, misery, exhaustion, anger, a lot of emotions to perhaps, perhaps get past it, to see past it and then to let that envelop you so that you live differently with that new worldview. Now, not everybody gets there. I'll just give you that brief example I've said over the years, you know, as a homeopath way back in the 90s, early, early days of my homeopathy uh, career, seeing patients that were very immunodevastated, remember the era of HIV causes AIDS. Everybody's going to die. And of course, the reality of that, and it, it is not was, but is that they didn't die of HIV. They died of the treatment for it. That is AZT primarily. That was the, the vast majority of folks. And so in consulting with some people with devastating immunological challenges, I painted a picture for them to say, hey, here's your pathway out. It doesn't involve that drug or any drugs. It involves eating clean food restoring integrity to your liver, your digestive system, looking at, you know, emotional issues, 
self-worth, self-love, things like that. And then manifesting a life forward. But it means you're going to have to eat clean food, organic. You're going to have to supplement your diet. Supplement, no, not drugs, supplements. I mean, real food, minerals. And most people that I approached with that or had approached me for help would respond basically, you mean I have to change my diet? I have to eat. I I can't just eat anything. No, you just can't eat whatever. No. And very often, more often than not, they'd say, well, thanks, but no thanks. In other words, they were so committed to their lifestyle, whatever that may be. I'm not making judgments. I'm just saying whatever that is, that they would rather die than change and live. Now, they might not have believed that I could help them. That's possible. But then those that did, many of whom are still alive today, they abandon the view that a retrovirus never caught in the act of anything could actually harm them, much less kill them. And they went organic. They cleaned up their act. They're supplementing their exercise. They found a passion for life, a reason for being, and they're alive and well 20, 30 plus years later. And I say that in light of this is this, this almost pains me to acknowledge what we're just going to say here at the opening of the Robert Scott Bell show today. Dr. Paul Offit, the same dude that said you could, you can give a kid 10,000 shots. How many shots was it? If you remember that super, I don't remember the number. It was like ridiculous statement. You can give a kid 10,000 vaccines and there'd be no harm. And that the most dangerous ingredient in a vaccine is water. Paul Offit, that guy. I'm just acknowledging the suffering I'm going through right now as I have to acknowledge. Apparently he's turned. He's an anti-vaxxer now. What? Paul Offit? The guy that never met a vaccine he didn't want to inject into your children and every child? Multiple times? Well, Steve Kirsch had a good article in his uh, Substack Headlines here. You show, show this, Super Don. Dr. Offit, Dr. Paul Offit, one of the world's most respected vaccine experts, is now officially an anti-vaxxer. There it is. Steve says, welcome to the club, Paul. <laughs> or welcome to the party, pal. Now, uh, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's still, it's very strange what you're going to hear Paul Offit say in this interview on a mainstream um news organization, I thought it was NBC or something like that, asking him about the next round of COVID shots, COVID jabs and boosters. And by their definition, the skeptic definition, the, the most hateful people on the planet about any of us who have a question about one or any vaccines or jabs or MRNA shots on our perspective automatically relegates us to less than human. That is the status of an anti-vaxxer. And Paul has to now wear that badge, that label. He hasn't responded as far as I know to Steve Kirsch, uh, and his accusation, or maybe an acknowledgement of here's the definition, Paul, you now fit in that. And how does he feel about it? I don't know. <laughs> Did he really make a change? Or is he afraid of the consequences of being so wrong this time that he's finally coming to his scientific senses, if he has any? All right, let's play. We got three clips to play. Let's, uh, this first one is uh, going to go to Paul Offit talking about not rushing into the shot, waiting for more data. And they only tested this on on mice. Is that adequate? Go ahead. But Dr. Paul Offit, a renowned vaccine expert at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, who is also on the FDA's 21 member vaccine advisory committee, is telling people who may want the shot to wait until there's more information from the drug companies. Right now, they're saying that we should trust mouse data, and I don't think that should ever be true. I, I don't think you should ever ask tens of millions of people to get a vaccine based on mouse data. Okay. Now he said that, and I 
got nothing to say that's negative about. I mean, I agree. <clears throat> you trust a vaccine or anything just on mouse data. Yeah, we we checked it up on about eight, seven or eight mice. We think that's sufficient. Go ahead, get your shot off it. Again, a guy that's been a diehard vaccine promoter, no matter what, has just said, I don't think there's enough data here. Hold, hold your horses or hold your mice. We can't do this on mouse data. And if he goes further, which he will in a moment, we talk about issues of immunogenicity. You know, how do the mice react? These are preliminary steps on the way to human trials to give an indication whether they think they should go ahead and go thumbs up to the ACIP committee, FDA, CDC, et cetera. You know, this is where we would, of course, diverge in our paths and opinions or perspectives on vaccines. But still, there's a methodical approach here that he's acknowledging is not being is not being done at all. So let's go with clip number two. Dr. Offit explains mice and other animals are typically the first to be tested in preclinical trials whenever a new vaccine is made. And that tells you whether or not something is at least immunogenic, that it can induce an immune response that you think might be protective. And it also tells you whether or not you have an obvious safety problem. And then you slowly go into people, so-called phase one trials. And there's no public data on that yet. Wow, that's interesting. So he just described the process. Normally, it would go through mouse testing or animal testing into phase one human clinicals. And okay, we follow that. That's not such a concern. But that last statement, and there's no public data on it, that's interesting. Now, why is there no public data? Why is there no transparency? This next clip goes into that as they're promoting the fall booster shots, right? Because our government, if we think it even is our government, the Biden administration has ordered, what, millions and billions and trillions of boosters. Everybody get their shot. But apparently, and I don't know if Paul Offit is butthurt by this because he wasn't consulted or anybody apparently on the consulting committee, the 21 or so people on that FDA committee have not been consulted on this. Therefore, there is no public data. Therefore, there is no transparency. And again, I don't know the heart of this man because I'm not particularly fond of him based on his previous track record of promoting these jabs without any, I think, really evidence of critical, serious critical thinking like he's engaging in right now. So I don't know if it's because they didn't consult him personally or there's something else going on here. Maybe we can figure that out. Maybe you guys can figure this out. But check it out. Maybe the FDA doesn't want any transparency or data to be made available to you. Check this out. What's more, for these fall booster shots, the FDA is not consulting with Dr. Offit and the rest of the Independent Vaccine Advisory Committee. The reason to consult us is because when you do that, when you you consult us, that's open to the public. So we'll get then all the data from the two companies, which then is available to the public. By not doing that, by simply saying we don't need that advice, what they're also saying is we're not going to be transparent about what we have to the American public. And I just think that's not fair. Yeah, that is problematic, to say the least. And Super Don, before we bring our guest into the mix, I just got to ask your perspective, because you've been following off it for years. You've been following the skeptic arguments, if they are even arguments. The definition of an anti-vaxxer, is this inclusive of what Paul Offit is doing right here? Here it is up on the screen for those of you watching live over at robertscottbell.com slash listen or our viewing page or in the chat room or on the social media networks where we haven't been banned yet. A definition of an anti-vaxxer, this is according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, a person who opposes the use of some or all vaccines, regulations mandating vaccination are usually both. 
And at the bottom part of this, some self-identified anti-vaxxers are vehemently, vehemently against all vaccines. Some are skeptical of specific vaccines. So is Paul Offit showing a degree of skepticism? Is he showing a bit of reluctance that meets the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition of an anti-vaxxer? Is Paul Offit, Super Don, an anti-vaxxer now? By definition, yes. (laughs) He wouldn't agree with you if you asked him that. Um, Because, you know, who wants to be an anti-vaxxer, right? Those are the bad people. The undesirables, right? Yeah. But uh, what I think is ironic about this is that, you know, during the first year or so of the the pandemic, when people... Mm -hmm. People are coming out and they're going, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I might want to get more information on this. Boom. You're an anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm totally vaccinated. I've gotten all my vaccines. I got the flu shot last month. I'm just, this one here, I'm kind of concerned. I mean, there's some weird things. I don't really want. Nope. You're an anti-vaxxer. And that's what they did. And they, they, they took the ranks <laughs> of, the, of the, quote, anti-vaxxers and like, like 10 well, times. Up, yeah. Suddenly everybody was an anti-vaxxer if all you did was say, I'm not quite sure. Oh, well, you're an anti-vaxxer. Then. Need a little more information. So yeah, he has he has uh, inadvertently uh, bent over, and his anti-vaxxer is showing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you heard it here. Super Don says for sure. Paul Offit is now meeting the definition, the low bar apparently being an (laughs) anti-vaxxer. You know, we're pro freedom here. If anybody's new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, uh, now now all all fun aside, yeah. uh, Before we we go to the guest here, I just I think this I think could be a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. To have probably the conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. Where if you could get Paul Offit in the room and say, okay, so check it out. Uh, you have some reservations about this 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 vaccine, about this yeah. booster. And we appreciate that. But do you understand <laughs> that what you've done here mm-hmm. is you've shown how ridiculous... The last three years of, uh, of, of you know, uh, rush, debate. Rush, rush, everybody gets shot. Nobody yeah, gets where it's just debate. like everybody, are you an anti-vaxxer? I think it would be a great conversation to is have. Is this our opportunity to reach out and get Paul Offit on the program? Might he, might could, he could we bridge the gap a little bit and at least, at least say, hey, look, you know, we understand what you're saying. Do you understand what we're saying? At the at the risk of be, receiving a lot of hatred, hate, hate mail, I would put him on the air now based on this. I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. He has done, if I'm not mistaken, I think he has had done a few interviews with that Z-Dog MD guy. Yeah. Who Z-Dog MD has become far more reasonable From over where he the originally years. Started. And so, he has attempted to try and reach out and bring people together and see both sides of the thing. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe he had something to do with it. But okay. I, I don't know. I think it'd be, it would be interesting. Maybe we should get Kevin on this. Reach yeah. out to Paul Offit and see if we can get him on the show. All right, and have and have a, have a have a uh, a decent conversation. Everybody with the in the audience right now can commence sending me. No, don't do it. Don't do it. I think we should. I, I, think I don't be mind good having conversation. these conversations. I, you know it. I love to do this. Yeah. And also, it's evidence that yes, people can change. I'm not saying he's wholesale changed and he's found, uh, you know, immunological Jesus. That's not what I'm saying here. There's something that I haven't heard from him in terms of reasonableness. Maybe we've missed it because of our bias. I'll admit it. I've got biases too. But I want to see how can we reach them? How can we reach folks? Of course, we may not be able to reach the folks that don't want to be reached. But to answer some of these questions and more, we go to someone way more qualified than me. Yeah, maybe I have a psychology degree. (laughs) 
this guy goes so far and in, in deep and wide and broad. Daniel C. Horner, PhD. And my good buddy, Laban Ditchburn, connected us. And Daniel, I'm glad you're on the program today. I think it's timely to discuss some of the things you might have insight to that will add to our discussion here. Daniel, welcome. It's an honor to be with you, Rod. I, I'm, I'm happy to have you on board. And, and I know that we were talking briefly beforehand, trying to say, hey, what, what what's our way in to discuss a lot of things that you are capable of discussing with mm-hmm. a broad-based psychotherapy background, et cetera, PhD level education. And... Um, you know, Carl Jung, uh, one of my one of my favorites when I was uh, doing my psychology degree, as I call it. I joke about that. Uh, Jung versus uh, uh, the other dude with the cigar. Right. A lot of discussion about that. But the idea of Jungian viewpoints was fascinating to me because it encompassed the spiritual side that I was gravitating toward dreams uh, of the shadow, these kind of concepts of of. Uh, let's say being sensitive to the energies that exist that are not so purely here right in front of us, like we can grab it. And yet it wasn't so uh, demeaning or defeatist. I thought ultimately it was uplifting the view that Jung had uh, yeah. to some others. So I mean, we start there and talk about the things that we're witnessing in terms of cognitive dissonance out there, the changes that people are going through, those that are grabbing on to no change, no matter what scenario and the difficulty we're dealing with being human to one another. Absolutely. Yep. Happy to talk all about all. Well, I throw it out there for anything that I've said thus far that's triggered something for you to go, oh, let me let me add yeah. something to that. Yeah. Well, for me, for me, it all started in my journey. You know, I, I was a very spiritual and sensitive child, and I always screamed my environment to to check for authenticity and to check for attunement. And when I was 17, I had this realization that the people around me, my teachers and my parents and Everybody that had some form of authority, they actually didn't know what they were talking about. You know, so when I was 17, I had this sort of feeling like I trusted these guys. And now I feel like I, I'm finding out that they actually are not as qualified as I thought they were. They're just parroting what they were taught or what their conditioning was. And at that point, I had this sense of awakening, but also a sense of aloneness because mm-hmm. I felt like, OK, it's now up to me to critically investigate what works for me and what doesn't. And that led me to Carl Jung and and into spirituality and psychology and really diving deep and asking those existential questions. You know, why do we suffer? Why are we here? What is truth? You know, and so I read the read the philosophers. You know, read Carl Jung, and and then I decided, you know what, this is this is going to be my career because I'm so passionate about this that I could do this 24 seven and never get bored of it. Yeah. And so, so I went to University of Salzburg and in Austria, where I'm from, and got my master's degree there. And I still felt malnourished after five years of diving deep into, you know, personality tests and and um, neurobiology and, and everything. And, and Jung, uh, I only heard about once in the history of psychology class. So that should give you an idea of where Jung ranks these days in universities. So in classical, scientifically oriented universities that make the sole uh, set of behaviors and thought processes, and I was more interested in the soul as a as a separate entity that that we try to understand not from the outside in, but from the inside out. And Jung was an inside out guy. He looked deeply within to cultures and mythology and to everything. He had such a wide range of how to view the world that I fell in love with him because he combined psychology and spirituality. He didn't have clearly demarcated boundaries within himself, which is like Freud, right? He, he couldn't look over that, that edge, you know, because he was right. scared. He fainted several times 
in Jung's presence when they were spending time together. Whenever that topic came up with spirituality, Jung actually checked out. I mean, Freud actually checked out. It's too much, but, yeah. Yeah, it was too much for me at overload. Daniel, yeah. I, I, I love your journey as you're describing, because you're almost describing my journey. Although I think I, I reached that point at 18 or 19, you got there at 17, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and when I was at university, particularly, that's when I, I realized, even though I had encountered all of these authority figures, or now I call authoritarian figures, that really didn't have the basis for which they went to the world with whatever belief they had, telling me this is truth. And I found out that it was sorely lacking. That's why I was uh, kind of a thorn in the side of various religious leaders, whether they be rabbis, priests, uh, preachers, you know, whatever it was, I would ask questions that I'd get to that point, hit a wall and they'd say, look, you know, I, I realize you're sincere in asking me this, but some of these things you're just gonna have to wait until you die and then you'll know. I'm like, that didn't ever sit well with me. And my journey to health and healing also was parallel to that in terms of the authority in medicine, the authorities in medicine and yeah. what they had done to me, the doctors had done to me. And I don't mean that they had intention to harm me, but everything they did ultimately did harm, not help. And so I had to realize that I was either lied to deceived, or these people were wholly ignorant of health. And I had to find a different way. And so my petitions to the universe, to God were, please heal me. Mm -hmm. which led me not to instantly a remedy for what ailed me. That was four or five years later, but to deep understandings of a spiritual principled sense. Mm -hmm. and, and that manifested. And that fortunately at university level, they were still teaching Jungian type psychology classes. So I, I really enjoyed that. It kind of spurred me on to some of these other uh, discoveries personally, interpersonally and et cetera. And now we're looking at a world that seemingly many people are talking about this is the great reawakening where others are going the great reset. They're trying to limit or dampen our consciousness. And yet right. others are simultaneously while that's happening, go, no, 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 it's time to open up our consciousness and bring that love in. And we're seeing two of these things happening very powerfully at the same time right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Carl Jung used to say that growth does not happen without polarity. Oh, Robert, are you still yep, you're, you're okay. I just put you full screen. Okay, cool. So Jung used to say that there's no growth happening without polarity. So we need a plus and a minus. We need a dark and a light to in order for energy to move, for, in, in order for awakening to happen. So and that, that's always been with me because it, the growing pains come of that tug, tug of war that we sometimes feel on the inside or that cognitive dissonance that bothers us. So and for me on my journey, it has been so important to learn how to be with that and tolerate it, you know, and learn how to fall in love with this reorganization that's happening both on an individual level but also on a collective level we're all in the process of individuation where everybody has to learn how to live authentically from the truth within and not look on the outside for external reference points for what is true so this is the last three years you know with this pandemic coming up has been a huge opportunity for for people to reorient and to really ask those deep and meaningful questions and I was fortunate enough to have done this work, you know, this inner work for the last 16 years. So, so I was equipped in a way for those waves coming in that that, will, that forced us to look deeper within ourselves. Yeah, it's it's fascinating on this journey in this lifetime. Uh, I don't know if we've been on this planet for about the same time or not, but seriously, we look at our lives back and go, man. We are witnessing some things that are really transformative and tremendous at the same time, very troubling. And it's concerning, like you said, that light and darkness, the duality of the of the planet, the plane we live on of existence. Yet the opportunities, I believe, for growth are most present and prevalent in times of discord, 
and 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 disease and mm-hmm. discomfort, right? The the things that drove me to this point on my journey, primarily the lack of health that I had for the first 24 years of my life, fighting through that, trying to figure it out, were in fact not always pleasant. More often than not, they weren't. Mm-hmm. And yet it drove me to dig deep, to to see through convention or authority and authoritarians who would limit my state of consciousness or belief system because they wanted to keep me trapped in a viewpoint that they would benefit from, they would profit from by keeping control over me, enslaving me, utilizing my energy, et cetera. And I see that in a global scale, but we see that also in interpersonal ways as well with people that have lived a certain way and something happens in their life and they, they wake up to a new view of the world and the people around them that love them, maybe family or friends, suddenly go, I don't recognize you. And they want to put you right back into that place where they're comfortable with who they thought you were or who you were for all of those years. And we're seeing that play out both interpersonally and globally right now. hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know, and Jung used to say individuation is you becoming truly yourself and without pushback there, there, there's that movement is, is, I mean, I think pushback is an, an adversity and challenges is necessary for us to come out and, and really embody who we truly are. You know, I think there's this metaphor, you know, of a tree not actually being able to grow without a wind. You know, the roots, you know, they actually don't grow. They fall over, you know, if there's no wind coming their way. So, so yes, it's a, it's a challenging time, extremely challenging time where most people have faced health challenges, loss, um, trauma. You know, it's, it's a huge emptying out process of bringing all sorts of skeletons out of the closet. Right. They need to be looked at. <laughs> yeah. So as much as I might not like things that are happening and I point that out and go, oh, that kind of sucks. I don't like the mandates and all of these things. But at the same time, yeah. as Super Don was alluding to with the whole, you know, people that believe in vaccines totally to somehow coming to a point where they're like, well, maybe we should start looking at these things individually and, and I'll give people time rather than force them in through fear, rush, 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 everybody accelerate into this, that there is genuinely. A, a lot of what we would call, I would call positive things occurring. That is an awakening to a, a, an unconscious state of being to one that is more conscious. 100%. I've never seen so many people uh, actually wake up and reconnect on a deeper level. So I, I've had, I've seen positive and positive and positive things. If we just have the eyes to, to see it amidst the chaos and the noise and the discord that's out there as well. So heaven and hell sometimes are just one inch apart. And right now we, we live just uh, just wherever we choose to be. We're talking with Daniel Hunter, PhD, uh, first-time guest of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Got a great background in psychology and psychotherapy, PhD level. And uh, his website, Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, Harner, H-A-R-N-E-R.com. And you can see many interviews that he's done over the past, different services he provides for those that need consultations and such. And uh, in, in this case of what we've been seeing the last two and a half, three years, I don't think there are enough people to help the people in need. So the question is, how do we do it in a broad based way to drop maybe principles or or uh, techniques or, you know, things that people can actually do, whether they can consult with someone such as yourself, like, you know, guide guidelines It's like, oh, it seems yeah. to be a little bit new, a little bit mystery. What do I, where do I go? What do I do? How would you do it in a general sense of communication to people, how to get through this massive time of transformation? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always ask myself, what's the most loving thing to do? You know, the most loving thing for me to do is to be the person that I needed when I was 24 years old, when I came to the United States and was looking for help, was looking for mentors, was looking for guidance, you know? So I always think like, 
wow, I was a lonely, I was a lonely guy. I was looking for truth and I didn't have a lot of people to connect with. I always thought like, wouldn't it be cool if there's people like me that thought like me, that were sincere like me, that were truth seeking like me that I could connect with. And it took me the last 16 years to find my tribe and to find the people that I love. And I feel like the pandemic has just brought him even closer to me into my life. And it's, uh, I can really now say that I have that life that I always dreamed about. And I am the person now that I needed when, I, when I'm 24. So I'm making myself available to everybody who is on this journey that I was on, you know, and still am on. So, so and I, I'm, I'm just one of the many people that are now here to serve and help, you know, for people who are confused or disoriented or looking for yeah answers that aren't prefabricated and that you can't find at universities, that you can't necessarily find in schools. You know, this, this is what I needed to learn on my journey. I did not learn in formal education. I had to be with people like mentors that, that I had to personally hire or be with mm-hmm. that, that taught me a whole nother view of the world that, that is just not, not out there readily available. So that's the reason why I came to the United States, because I knew there are people here that were extremely individuated and extremely educated and have been through extreme inner challenges and shadow work and dark nights of the soul. And I needed to be surrounded with people physically and emotionally to, to really download all that information. So I don't think we can do this journey by ourselves. You know, I don't think we are meant to, I think we're social creatures. We're wired for connection when I do feel, I do feel we can borrow benefits from being with others. You know, like it's, that's the point of being here for me is that other people can borrow whatever I have learned. So they don't have to do it all by themselves. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting, the authoritarian message over the past two and a half or so years, in order to live, you've got to divide, you've got to separate, you've got to isolate, you've got to hide from one another, do not interact, whatever you do, don't get together. It's like so obviously the the absolute opposite of what needs to happen for healing to occur on all levels is to interact, to be together. And as I've found as well, and much to the uh, one point disappointment on to some degree and another point elation that in the past few years we found out who our real family members are or tribe members are we thought we knew and then this caused uh, the revelation the reveal if you will of who we really are you know how did you respond to all of this fear and intimidation and you know orders to divide and hide for instance and you know you said so much so beautifully I, i just think about my experience as well I pretty much had to unlearn everything I learned in traditional education as we have it now through university level to know what I know today to help myself and others. And then what you said as well, so beautiful in response to my question is first be the person you needed when you first began to wake up and say, I need something, something different, be that for someone else. That's the service. I think that opens us up to healing as well, not just for the person you think you're helping, but every time I, have an opportunity to help someone how much I am blessed by that opportunity as well. Whether I learn something new cognitively or just there's some kind of spiritual energy or vibration or the love that bathes over me because of that opportunity to have that in a relationship or experience with someone. Uh, just the opportunities are quite unique in this time because of, because of the fear mongering that has occurred. It's so amazing to think that all of that horrible stuff, it's facilitating a tremendous growth and spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. 100%, 100%. I think it's a great privilege to be alive at this point in time because even Jung already said that we're going to enter into a renaissance where things will become available that haven't been that haven't been for, for, for thousands of years. So, so we're, we're in a time now where we get to create the world that we want to see. And uh, just 
and I'm grateful every day that I'm here and can co-create this world with like-minded people around me. And you, it says you're you're located in Sedona, Arizona. Yeah, that's kind of a place where people like. Feel, I've been there. It's been many years, but there is a cool energy and a vortex there that people are drawn to. A lot of healing, natural healing, of course, more holistic living, as such. Is that where you immediately went to when you came from Austria, or or did you move around the states to figure out where you wanted to be? So when I was at the University of Salzburg, I I, I was going close to finishing, and then I I came across a psychiatrist by the name of Dr. David R. Hawkins. And he was a psychiatrist in the first half of his life, but then he entered into deep states of inner clarity and, and illumination. And he was uh, originally based in New York, but then moved to Sedona, Arizona in the latter half of his life. So, so he gave lectures here once a month. And I read his book. I fell in love. It completely cleared up my mind. I burned half of my library that I had at home. And, and I said, I, if I can just see him one time, then, then I'll be happy. You know, and I saw him one time in Sedona and I, I loved it so much that I decided to stay here because I could have not thought about a better way to spend my time, my energy and resources than to be with somebody that I deeply respected and admired. So, so I was with him until his death in 2012. And that's the main reason why I'm here in Sedona. Mm-hmm. And as as uh, life will have it, you know, other people showed up that, that were subsequent mentors to me. So I was able to study with a Stanford physicist, Dr. William L. Tiller, uh, Dr. William A. Tiller, and 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 Jungian psychotherapists, and all sorts of cool people here. So Arizona has just been a wonderful landing place, you know. So, so I'm forever grateful for America to be here, and forever grateful for Arizona to be here. You know, and I, I love experiencing different points of view and different cultures. So some. So that's why I'm. That's why I landed here in Sedona, and it is a place for health and healing. It is a place where people come to rejuvenate and to transform and to find themselves. I think it's been like that. I think forever since Sedona was here, it has always inspired people and brought out the best in people. Mm-hmm. The natural beauty, the quiet, the dark nights, and, and the beautiful skies. I mean, it's it's a it's a very wonderful place to to bring people here to heal and to really go deep within themselves. I think I, w- I would acknowledge traveling around the world as I have, and I certainly haven't seen everything. But there are places that have unique, for lack of a better way to say it, vibrations. Mm-hmm. You know, even like having gone to the, the, the various islands of Hawaii, there's stark energetic differences between each island mm-hmm. that I, I can describe and you can feel it. And people will say, you know, like a Maui feels more of a healing energy. The mm-hmm. big island of Hawaii feels like creation itself. You know, this volcanic and you feel like, wow, the, you can form anything, but it's really really powerful and very uh, it's intense what you can feel on your physical body and much like you know if you go to a place like uh, Sedona there's just something about the energy there now what would you say to folks listening or watching this show wherever they are on the planet right now that are feeling the urge or nudge to move mm-hmm. I, I hear people say oh my gosh I see what's happening this is horrible I want to escape and hide out somewhere that I'm safe and I'm thinking safety is not guaranteed mm-hmm. on this planet that's not one of the things we're guaranteed uh, I think, you know, going back on the other side, looking into the life, it's like, this is a life of adventure. This is a life of opportunity and learning. Yes. Mm-hmm. A life of great difficulty, often suffering and pain and anguish and all the emotions, not always considered positive. Yeah. Yet I feel as I have, you know, made moves in my life, the last one out West from back East to be in a place that was a right for, I guess, the next stage of unfoldment. Mm-hmm. And it may involve what perceptions we have of safety in a, in a grid down scenario, but it may also be just about being aligned and finding our community, finding a place where people of like mind or consciousness have come together, not because we want everybody to think the same thing and think alike and be robots. That's not what I'm saying. 
but there's some vibrational connectivity that maybe people are sitting where they are right now go, I don't feel it here. And I don't know that I have the power to change it here. Like it's so committed areas like where they're so hashtag woke and pro, you know, pro mandatory vaccines and everything else, like a New York or a California or places like that, that they, they really feel like the urge to move. I mean, how would you communicate to them whether it's just a fear that wants them, that's trying to move them away from something or whether Mm -hmm. it's something that is a positive, I'm moving towards something that is more congruent with my state of consciousness. Right. Yeah, that's a very good question because, you know, my, my practice, you know, I've always observed that when people will get really itchy and uncomfortable with themselves, they often relocate and it can be an addiction in a way, right? Because they think the grass is greener on the other side. And, but you, you always bring yourself wherever you go. So that's, that's number one, right? But and there's nothing wrong with moving as long as you understand your motives. Right? And uh, for me personally, I moved here to Sedona, Arizona, because it, it just brought out the best in me. I could feel like my body was feeling happier. I could feel like my heart was happier and my mind was happier and my spirit was happier. I just knew intuitively within myself, it just hummed and resonated within me. And I can't say that about a lot of places on the planet. You know, they, I don't feel at home easily somewhere. You know, it's like, I love it here. And for me, that, w- that was the right place to be. For somebody else, that might be way too dry and way too too woo-woo and way too far out there. So, you know, some, someone else might need a, a different kind of environment. So it's a very personal decision. But basically, I would say go wherever you you feel like you're surrounded with the people that you resonate with. Because mm-hmm. I, for me, it's always like I'm at home wherever my people are. And the people that I love are the people who have an open heart and an open mind or embrace different points of view and don't separate. So for me, for me that, that was important. I have that here. There's a creative momentum going on here where I feel like I can plug myself in and there's networking going on that just that just makes miracles a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. So there has to be a sense of possibility, a new energy, a f- place of freedom where people can create and think outside of the box, right? I mean, it's all about creating something new. Because we can't live the old world anymore. The old world is crumbling. The old world is is like that. That it operates too slow. You know, it's no longer keeping up with the pace of our world. We we need new ways of of intelligence and connecting and helping. So and that's that's why I'm here. And I feel for me, Sedona has been a really good place. But there's so many other amazing places, both within the United States and out, and outside of the United States. And now is the time to choose. You know, now is the time to do the research. Now is the time to really think and say, where do we? Where do I place myself? Do I want to live in nature? Do I want to go off grid? Do I want to have my own garden? Do I want to feel more safe? You know, do I want to have animals? You know, and I feel like there's a movement towards nature these days. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to move more to, to nature and away from the cities, which I think is it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's an accident that I, some people I would call the shadow people or the lizard people like World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab or others that are looking for a forced top down great reset, as they've called it which would impoverish people. I believe not just economically, but even spiritually, because they're trying to plug you into this transhumanist reality. If they can impact us enough and damage us enough and injure us enough to make us believe that we are merely, I don't know, physical brains that they can put into a computer chip or stick. You know, it's like seemingly the antithesis of, uh, you know, a spiritual awakening, one that we would find ourselves enslaved to technology rather than, uh, is there a way to utilize the technological advancements that doesn't abandon or harm our spiritual selves. Is there a balance that can be struck in that moving forward? I think so. You know, I think 
there is no shortage of resources on this planet. It's just a shortage of intelligence and consciousness being available to receive those options that we aren't able to receive yet. So with every advance in technology and and that there's going to be a huge advance in technology. I think we also have to grow our consciousness and our ability to love and be ethical and to to be really responsible stewards for this for this new wave of possible AI or 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 other modalities that are going to come to us to for us to use those things responsibly. So I think there can be a healthy coexistence between those two things. At least I'd like to be cautiously optimistic on that. But there's a huge shadow and a huge downside on it for the for the shadow people or the lizard people to use that mm-hmm. to dominate, to control, and to exert even more authoritarian top-down environment. Mm-hmm. I, I think another word to bring up here is the F word and not the one some people think about, the forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Why do I say that? I opened today's show talking about a particular personality or character in the world of medicine who we've not been very fond of because of his authoritarian perspective on, for instance, on vaccines. Yet there's got to be some, I don't know, some level of an allowance for people to change and shift. Now, I don't know off it personally. I don't know if he's genuinely had a change of heart or what motivates him. But I think that sometimes we can get locked in by locking others in. In other words, we end up locking ourselves away to not give people the opportunity to say, hey, maybe there is genuine change. And I don't mean that we just blindly accept anybody. Hey, I'm changed. I'm not the same bad guy. I mean, you want to see a track record of behavior that has shifted based on a a proclaimed change in belief. Yes. But it it is still very easy for some to be deceived because I guess there is a naive aspect to some of the new age concepts of just love everyone, forgive everyone, and, and, and don't pay attention to what they do. And I think that's also a misplacement or displacement of something that could be good that could become harmful if we do it in that way. Yeah, 100%. I think that's the thing. The main problem I see is that dichotomous thinking in this world that polarizes people and that isn't, and there's this Trojan horse entering in that that kind of divides and conquers everything, right? So I think for us to find peace in our hearts and to find peace in our, on our, on our minds, we have to learn how to be critically thinking and not close our heart. Wow. Hey, you said that. That's a, that's a powerful right there. Critical thinking and heart. We think at that point, head and heart, right? Mm-hmm. Head and heart. It's like, is there a way they can get along or are they always in conflict? Exactly. They say like a sign of maturity is to be able to entertain two contradictory things at the same time without kind of like being overloaded or a system shutting down or your heart closing down, right? Mm-hmm. So in, my, in my own personal evolution, I had to be with a lot of polarity within myself. And learn how to not close my heart because the heart shuts down sometimes. It's just like it's too much overload, circuits blown, right? So it's like, yes, yes. I want to see, I want to sit with somebody who has a very bad point of view, and I, I, w- I will still be able to hold my own field because that says like says a lot about me, who I am. If I can I mean if I'm able to hold my heart open, even though I'm not agreeing with the other person at all. Yeah. So I don't want to give my power away to anything, not even my ability to love, like. Like Victor mm-hmm. Frankl, like in a concentration camp, being with the Nazis, right, and then making a decision to to stay in an attitude of of, of positivity within himself, even though the world around him was extremely hostile, negative. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know, love and forgiveness doesn't. I don't perceive it to mean that we must be victimized by a relationship that is abusive. You know, for instance, it's one thing to appreciate somebody who may be doing great harm or evil as also a creation of God or of God in some way, even though it can be difficult at the same time, you could see that you still have to acknowledge where they're at and not subject yourself 
certainly on, on unconsciously, but may perhaps even consciously to their rule, to their jurisdiction, that they would do great harm to you in that sense. So how do you find that space or place of love and forgiveness at the same time, acknowledge that they're doing great harm to themselves and others? And then what do you do about it? Yeah, I, I think we have to all stand up for the truth, you know, because we have an innocent part in ourselves that is always prone to being misled. And we, that there's a part like the, for garden, to fall from the Garden of Eden, you know, as you, as most listeners will know from the Bible, you know, it's like, it's like a fall out of paradise because of innocence. Something was done because people to the um, Adam and Eve, you know, they, they made a mistake, you know, to fall into a world of duality and fall out of a place of oneness. Right? It's because of innocence. It's, about, it's innocence that often um, gets us into trouble. So we have this innocence, and it's a very beautiful thing about being human, that we are kind of innocently looking at everything as a child and kind of thinking, like, is this true? Is this not true? You know, and we don't know sometimes. There's a more, like, adult and mature critical thinking part in ourselves that is that is able to discern truth from falsehood. And I think it's about having those two parts within ourselves online, Mm -hmm. innocent but to also be critically thinking and to be protective right to be protective of that child within that needs protecting because it doesn't know what the truth is it might make a mistake and most of us know from personal experience you know sometimes we trust people and we get burned and in the later years like oh my god i'm not i would not do that again you know and i've learned a lesson right and this is like this is forging us into something greater like this is the reason why we're here we're here to learn we are here to learn how to love stronger and to, to be more discerning about what's going on and to not be falling prey to the, the wolf in sheep's clothing out there, right? Looks mm -hmm. good, but in but, but behind it is, is like a, is an ulterior motive that's not very benign and, and good. Gr greater discernment, uh, perhaps a better capacity to judge. And many people will say, well, judge, you're just too judgmental. I'm like, well, I have to make judgments about everything in life at some point in time to make decisions that are either beneficial to me or harmful to me. And if you survive the harmful ones, they're also ultimately beneficial. I recognize that, yeah. but I, you talk in terms of comic books, I think in terms of spider senses or spiritual senses that sometimes it it's beyond our ability to have like, we've never experienced a certain something before. And yet you get a feeling, a sense about it. Ooh, this doesn't feel right. Or, Ooh, oh, this is just, I mean, I'm embracing it because I have this sense about it. And every time I've had that feeling, it's never failed me versus yeah. the external appearance based on carnival barkers, so to speak. Those that would just have a great ability to hypnotize you because you're vulnerable. They see that vulnerability. You're lacking something, maybe love in your life, or you have a wound from uh, an abuse in childhood or something that has happened. And there are people, whether you call them sociopaths, psychopaths, that learn to prey on those wounds that we may carry. And so part of that healing is the discernment. It's like, who is genuinely here in support with love and forgiveness versus who is here to take advantage of me because there's this opening that they found that I didn't even know I had, right? And this is part of that journey of life that maybe one of the more difficult things to, to get beyond. Absolutely. hundred percent. The thing is like the more trauma you carry, the lack, then you always know that the, the likelihood of you having a good judgment about on the outside is always diminished because you're in some ways already programmed by something you couldn't, you couldn't break down, you know, there's some form of negative adverse event in your life. Mm. So, um, so people who have a heavy burden in some ways of discernment, not being able to discern will be easier victim to further, harms right so so we all have to work through our negative programming you know, our inability to discern the truth and to trust 
that entrust our own gut instincts and in our own spidey senses, like you said, it's like a, a thing to reconnect to and reconnect with on the inside. And you can't do that unless you have this some of trauma recovery for yourself because we all carry pain and, and bad memories from the past. So it's uh, unburdening those will make you more attuned to actually what's good for you and what isn't good for you, whether that's food, whether that's media, whether that's friends and family, or, or it's... And I oh, re- reaching out to someone like you, Daniel, for help if somebody wants it or needs it. You you do consults or our good buddy Laban Ditchburn, the world's best courage coach, and his wife, the world's best trauma recovery coach, as they've called it. And yeah. you know the 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 trauma. And I interviewed Laban's wife, Anna. My gosh, what she's gone through in this lifetime in terms of trauma. I, I it was just hard to hear it without just breaking down in tears. And yeah. yet, you know, witnessing someone to overcome that, you think, my gosh, the, the traumas I thought I had are paling in comparison. And I don't mean to say that anybody's is worse or better. We have an experience what we do, but the ability to get beyond it allows for these greatest opportunities and breaking of the patterns of negativity yeah. and enslavement that we are feeling like we've been stuck in for a long time. The opportunity is now more than ever to break free of those things because of the hardships that we have encountered or maybe still coming to us at this point the opportunity for unfoldment openness love forgiveness i think are greater than any time ever in our history that's true i say mother is the necessity what is the mother the mother is the the, oh necessity (laughs) is the mother of invention that's exactly that's how i see it you know the more difficult it gets the more solutions will pop up that will help us work through whatever comes up so that's there was people like laban and anna and myself and and Thousands, hundred thousands of other people that are now out there just offering their their help, holding you, holding out a hand, and say, you know, we'll, we'll get through this together. You know? Yeah, and also be careful. I've I've described it as such. You know, I, I had lifeguard training many years ago in my swimming days, and mm-hmm. when you were approaching a, a drowning victim, of course, you were racing to get to them before they drowned. But at the same point, right as you approach them, we were always taught to do what they call a quick reverse as you get close, quick reverse, so that you can assess a safe way to get in and help them without yourself becoming victimized by their panic. Mm. And I think that's part of the process here of discernment. If we truly want to help people, we can't just rush in blindly. We've got to, you know, you know, really look not just with the heart, but also they had all of these tools that we have mm. to look and say, how is the best way I can perhaps be of help if, and when they're ready, not a moment before, because then it becomes harmful to us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I agree. And for, for my personal, for my personal, for my personal journey, for me, finding the truth was always the number one priority and my most, the, the most important value in my life. So you really have to want it to be, to be fed by truth and to find out what's really going on. Because otherwise you'll, that there's that the pushback or that the sleepy effect, the trancy effect from your environment, the noise will be too strong. So mm-hmm. in order to really free yourself from everything, you have to make this the most important part of your life. Not everybody will maybe have that intention, but that was for me always. It's like, okay, I want to go free. I want to be absolutely free from anything that that ails me, and to the greatest degree possible. You know, it's. I realize it's not a mountain with a top. It's a mountain without a mountain top. The journey is infinite, but you know, it's. Uh, you have to want it really good, really bad to 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 <laughs> get well. Yeah. Yes. Well, Daniel Harner, I'm sure glad you're here in America with us. Thank made you. it all the way from Austria. Uh, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed our first conversation together. Hopefully we can do this again or in another format, uh, but appreciate all that you are uh, here to do. And for those that want to reach out, you can go to danielharner.com. It's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com today. 
the 20th of uh, September, 2022. We're right on the verge of that equinox, which is an interesting time energetically, moving from one season to the next. And uh, it was a fun way to, I guess, wrap up the summer season on the Robert Scott Bell Show with you here, Daniel. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be part of this transition that we're all going through and this transition we're witnessing in the seasons. Uh, it's all it's all coming together really nicely. <laughs> yeah. And if anything jumps out, you got, I got to let Robert Scott Bell and his audience know, just reach out. <laughs> let yeah. us know. We could have more conversation like this. I certainly enjoyed it. I thank you so much for being here. Yes. It was an honor. Have a wonderful all right. day. Mm-hmm. All right. That's Daniel Harner. First time on the Robert Scott Bell Show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. I was thinking about the things we, we were discussing and all the topics we cover here that I cover here on the show. And uh, I don't mean hopefully nobody gets whiplash from all the different discussions that we have. I enjoy, I enjoy thoroughly being able to explore different parts of our existence on this planet. I think it's the, the most wonderful opportunity uh, to do, I think, amazing things. And Super Don, you do amazing things, even if I give you crap for it occasionally. <laughs> like I would, why would I do that? Just cause it's fun. That's what we do. We're brothers in that regard. And, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Daniel was, uh, he was just bringing that great energy and practical, maybe steps for, uh, how do we deal with what's going on now in a positive way? A lot of talk about Carl Jung there. I noticed. Oh yes. Yes. See, yeah. there you go. Throwing Carl Jung's name around like that. <laughs> Jung, Jung, Jungian perspectives. And that's been a great part of my journey as well. So if anybody hasn't read up on Carl Jung, fascinating, the philosophy, the psychology of it. it's different than drug, everything that moves psychotherapy. That's not what we were talking about. Clearly not what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, now in talking about diet and how it impacts your behavior, this is a, an interesting story making rounds around the world. Do you think you're better than us because you don't eat meat? The COO from the company Beyond Meat that's using genetic engineering technologies, it's loaded with glyphosate. He's the COO of this company Beyond Meat. Apparently, mm-hmm. he's not satiated. He's not satisfied with his diet because he went out and bit into some cartilaginous tissue. On another living being, another human Cartilaginous? being. Cartilaginous? How do you like that? Cartilaginous? What a cartilog- nerd you are. <laughs> just, it's another way to say nose. <laughs> he bit the guy's nose. It's like, this he is... He did. This is what... What is this? This he is awesome. And I got to tell, I, I tell you, last night you sent this to me, and this this yeah. is... Uh, this is... Look at this guy. I love this. When Look you finally angry. get sick of eating plant-based meat... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's not you bite funny. somebody's nose, I guess. Right. I, I hope the guy's all right that he bit. This, he I think he's arre- all, yeah, I think he's all right. But uh, this guy apparently Ramsey, he was arrested for terroristic threatening and third degree battery. He got into uh, he got into it with uh, a guy at a uh, football game, college football game, University of Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas football game, Razorback mm-hmm. Stadium, and. Uh, it wasn't enough to get into a fisticuffs. He was going to bite the guy's bite nose. his nose. I heard. I uh, rumor has it that Mike Tyson uh, got a <laughs> kick out of this. He did, huh? <laughs> he did. Although Tyson's into ears, not noses. But right. But that was also cartilaginous tissue. So you know, whatever. I don't know. But but Tyson wasn't eating Beyond Meat back in the day. I don't think that was his diet at the time. No, but that was that was rather humorous. I mean, and it's funny because this morning, as I was looking for a good article, yeah, if you go to Google and you um, you Google Beyond Meat, uh-huh. yeah, what happens? <laughs> All this pops up: news stories of this guy biting this, this somebody's nose. 
Um, so not not good PR for Beyond Meat, really. Yeah, I was trying to assess that concept that there's no such thing as bad PR. But if you get to Beyond Meat and you find one of the heads of that company is eating other people who are still alive, <laughs> not I don't think there's a way you could spin that positive. I mean, yeah. Maybe that's just me. I can't now, find a way. Now, there is a company out there called Soylent. Now, if their COO yeah. was, was doing that, then it would probably be okay. <laughs> yeah, that would be living up to their name, I guess, because they're right. down to it. All right, hour two is almost upon us. Uh, we, we should have a return of Clay Clark, Reawaken America Tour at the bottom of the hour. Um, yesterday, we I opened with this, and it wasn't the plan. I was like drawn to it like, uh, I don't know, moth to the flame. Biden saying that the pandemic was over. And, of course, what does that mean? What should it mean versus now what we are getting mansplaining from Fauci, Murthy, and who else trying to go? No, oh, he didn't really mean the, what he said. The spin machine yeah, is alive and well this morning trying to undo what it is that Biden did yesterday. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that to start out hour two. I hope you'll join us. we got a, a brief top of the hour education. Uh, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter that Super Don sends out. By the way, Super Don, is, is there an interest? I think there's another simple question, poll question of the day in the newsletter. There it is. Biden says the pandemic is over. Is he right? Yes, no, we're not sure. That's a simple one. I'd love to hear from you on that. If you don't already get the newsletter, send RSB, text RSB to 22828 or go to robertscatbelt.com and sign up there. Also, if you're not into Beyond Meat and all the glyphosate that it contains, perhaps you're looking for a non-toxic way to address food issues or things around your house, like you got pest ants, maybe roaches. What do you do? How about delimining from the orange peel, from the citrus peel? Orange Guard has it, non-toxic pest control. We utilize it in our home and around our home, even in my garden, even in the greenhouse when needed. Safe for organic agriculture, OMRI listed as well. You can get it at your local Ace Hardware. You can get it at Whole Foods if you request it. And you can go to orangeguard.com and get it there as well. So thank you to Orange Guard. Thank you so well to Trinity School of Natural Health. We're going to be at the Trinity Health Freedom Expo mid-October. I'm so excited for that. This very week, though, I'm heading out Thursday. We're going to pre-record with Jonathan Emord for Thursday's broadcast for the U.S. Health Freedom Congress. We'll be talking more about that as well and some other events. The big one in Orlando coming up with Drs. Terry and Stu Warner and then a big event in Pittsburgh, October 22nd. So stand by for that or just go to the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. We'll check out what the comments and questions might be in our chat room at robertscottbell.com slash listen and or on social medias that we haven't been banned at. And guess what? Super Don has now been banned by another platform. Super Don has been banned by another platform. We'll tell you about that when we come back from this break because the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Super Don, do you need a hug? Do you need a hug? Seriously, Super Don, do you need a hug? <clears throat> you have been banned, completely banned from YouTube now. You I joined have. me and the show. And now Super Don has been targeted for elimination by the bad guys. Seriously, I get here's a hug. Virtual oh, hug. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What did you do? What did I'm you say? I, I put happen? that evil Robert Scott Bell stuff on my on my YouTube channel, and they, oh, they didn't like it. <laughs> comes back on me. So, folks, if you are yeah. uh, patron supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show, 
we've temporarily, temporarily is the key word here, lost some of the uh, the Zoom meeting videos where we do our AMAs. But yeah. Superdon has them all. He's got to now put them up on a different platform so you can you know plug into them again. If you've missed any, uh, he'll dig back and put them up. But yeah, I was like, dude, what did you do? Nothing. It was, um, yeah, you know, it's like once you get yourself on the radar, then they they just they start checking everything out. And I had stuff on there. Unfortunately, we did lose some stuff. Um, but you know, I had so much stuff on there. It's just there's just you know. Who, who has time back to back up? up an entire YouTube thing? So yeah. some of it's gone, and it just is, and it's just unfortunate. But um, that's YouTube for you, you know? We just got to create new memories. Yeah, that's all right. Well, find out what's missing that we can't, we must replace. There's some critical things. Hopefully you have those critical things. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the nice thing is some of the stuff that is gone is stuff from a gazillion years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the more recent stuff, I mean... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that backed up. It made it up there because I uploaded it, so I, I know I've got the original stuff. So okay, but the the what I'm most concerned about is the AMAs because that's what we've got over on Patreon. So I'll be working on that Getting over the next few days. Again. All right, more work for you once again, Super D. Uh, thank you, YouTube. Not uh, anyway. Well, yes. we got a lot to do this hour. If Clay Clark shows up bottom of the hour, we'll have some discussion on what's going on with the Reawaken America tour and more. Uh, I have uh, upcoming events I thought we should just really visit very quickly. Uh, if you go to the upcoming events tab, Superdon has updated it. Uh, and you'll see a number of different things that you might not have seen before, including online events, not just the ones where I'll be appearing or some of them I'll be appearing in, but they're what they call virtual events, uh, which is a little bit different uh, versus some of the ones we're going to, like the U.S. Health Freedom Congress. Uh, we've got an engineering your microbiome. Eng- Let me go full screen. I'll do this for you there, Super D. There we go. Engineering your microbiome with Dr. Lindsay Elmore. Uh, this is free and online September 26th through the October 2nd. This is online. You don't have to travel anywhere. Uh, this is a big one. Reverse autoimmune disease October 4th through the 11th. And that's coming up online as well. Uh, then we have the Wellness Parenting Revolution Health and Freedom Summit and Expo in Orlando. It's actually 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th, and I'll be there. And uh, what we haven't put up there is because I don't have any banners yet from um, the, the health food stores. They're called Chamberlain's in the Orlando area. On the October the 4th, I'll be lecturing at the Lake Mary location of Chamberlain's. And October the 5th, I'll be lecturing 7 o'clock Eastern time, p.m. I'll be lecturing at the East Colonial store. So then that leads us to the Wellness Parenting Revolution Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. And many of our friends are going to be there then. We come home. We go back out just outside of Chicago to the Health Freedom Expo at Tinley Park Convention Center. And if you have not made your plans, it's not too late to join us there. There are a few booths left, not many spots left. If you want to exhibit, if you have products or services, it's the 15th and 16th of October, TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. Then we've got the Super Healthy Lung Summit. This is one I want everybody to participate in. I'm actually one of the featured uh, guests or speakers for this event. And it starts on, what was the date on that? I missed the date of start, but... uh, it is uh, October 17th through the 23rd. Okay, so that one, you've got plenty of time. I'm looking up. for you. Where are you? There you are. There I am. Right and there. homeopathic look at COVID as well. So we got some great stuff in the Lung Summit there. There's a few other people on here too. Yeah, no, there's some good folks in this one. Quite, I think you'll enjoy that. Right. So check that out. And that was an interesting interview of, of many that I give. It was really intriguing how that came about. Then we have the Health and Freedom event. October 22nd, Beaver Falls, Beaver, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh, thanks to the Health Hut. 
James Lyons-Weiler will be there with me, Dr. Jack, Scott Shoemaker, and others, and many people I haven't met yet. And I hope to see you there. Great deals on Sovereign Silver, Sovereign Copper as well. And then we have, after that, the Fascia and Chronic Pain Rescue Summit. That's online, free 24th through 30th of October. And then the big one for November 12th and 13th in Salt Lake City, the Red Pill Expo. How about that? It's going to be at the, uh, what is it, the Palace, the Salt Palace Convention Center in Salt Lake. So there we go. That's our calendar this year, and there may be additions. So keep getting the newsletter. If you don't already do it, just text RSB to 22828 and or just go to robertscottbell.com and sign up. So thank you for indulging me in those upcoming events. And now from biting people's noses, which we do not do here, to biting your tongue. I think there are a lot of people that are wanting to tell Biden, bite your tongue. How dare you say what you said, Biden? And you've got all of the, the, the panicked response about what Biden really said or really meant to say. And, of course, the first article here from CNN Health, Biden's comments about pandemic widened public health split over how the U.S. should respond to COVID-19. Now, clearly, if it's no longer a pandemic, and it was arguably maybe never a genuine one based on older definitions of pandemics, but became one that was of convenience to elicit all that we've described regularly on this show. The question is, is the pandemic over? Some would say, did it really ever begin? And what is it? But this is really making it difficult for those that want to hold on to this power that is not, I believe, within the Constitution for the federal government to do, the executive branch or any um, public health body to do. And so the response has been pretty immediate. (laughs) And and, and if you'll see that the messaging is like COVID will never go away. NBC News is reporting COVID will be a leading cause of death in the U.S. indefinitely. So this would be like saying the Spanish influenza of 1918 will cause death forever. We'll never escape it. And of course, what have we seen since 1918? Well, the Spanish influenza or whatever they said it was didn't come back. There have been some minor flu skirmishes relative to whatever that was. But they would like to have you believe that whatever they want you to believe about COVID will never, ever go away. So they said, you know, what I think is interesting is this whole thing he did yesterday has brought out all of the COVID quote experts. Yes. All of the experts now are like, ah, get me on the camera quick. This is my time to shine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he really he really kind of I mean, just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. They were doing this big push to, you know, everybody needs to get the booster. Everybody needs to get the booster. Everybody needs to get the booster, right? Yeah. So then two weeks later, what does he do? Pandemic's over. Yeah. You know, and then they're also in the middle of trying to convince Congress to come up with like billions more dollars billion more, yeah. for COVID treatment and detection and all that kind of stuff like that. And so now you've got a situation where imagine if you're a Republican. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta be okay. Please. Yeah, this is a lot of politicking going on here. Okay, always, always. Mm-hmm. And so here you've got you know any time that one side feels like they can get an advantage, they're gonna take it. Doesn't matter. They're gonna mm-hmm. take it. Right. It'd be the same thing like with DeSantis sending the people to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Right. It's all chess moves. 
Now they're sending it's, they're sending uh, uh, some. The next wave is going to uh, Biden's home state of Delaware. Biden's home, yeah. In fact, yeah, he, yeah, he they brought that up in a uh, press conference that he did this morning, and and Biden said, well. He wished that DeSantis would come and visit because they have a great shoreline. You know, they're doing everything. It's just tit, tit for tat, right? Mm-hmm. But in this situation, I mean, imagine if you're a Republican and, you know, Biden's uh, and, and his cronies are like, hey, guys, you know, okay, do you think maybe we can pass this bill for funding? What do you think the, uh, what do you think the, the Republicans are going to say at this point? Biden well, says it's over. Biden says the pandemic's over. Why do we Why need do to we spend need more it? money? Yeah. We're spending more money than we have. We can't afford to spend more money if it's over. You know what I think should happen here is that whoever's in charge of Biden, whoever's pulling straight, should fire all of his Secret Service agents because they cannot prevent him from shooting himself in the foot. In the foot. Every Absolutely. day. I'm like, come on, what are you guys doing? They let yep. him out for a walkabout at a car show, and he just, the well, pandemic's over. It's great because it's true, but the, the pushback is uh, going beyond just the pandemic that will never end. Fauci is here to explain to you what Biden really meant. <laughs> let, me, let me mansplain it to you, Fauci says. This is what he really meant. What was he so really what did thinking? he really mean? According what? to Fauci, what he really meant is that the very severe stage of the panic or the pandemic of having 3,000 deaths a day, that stage is no longer present. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that he didn't mean it was over. He just meant that the really scary part of it's over, but it's still, it's still a problem. So what's the definition of a pandemic, even the change definition that allowed them to declare it? It's a much it's less just a severe problem. pandemic. Well, like what we said yesterday, what I was arguing about yesterday. It's like you don't get to have a, a what we call a permanent state of emergency and basically the equivalent to martial law, various degrees of martial law based on a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. Martial law. Everybody must get shot. You must shut down. You must lock down. You can't go to work. You can't go to school without a mask. Or if we let you back, you got to wear the mask and you got to get the shot because it's a problem. That's the new level of pandemic. Hey, it's a P word. Why not? For those that are following the edicts of the executive branch, there's another P word to describe you. I won't say in polite company, but there's more. It's not just Fauci. Murphy the Muppet is also trying to mansplain. (laughs) <laughs> he was on MSNBC this morning, apparently. And uh, I just wanted to say, well, you know, actually what the president was, was doing was he was reflecting. And what he was, you know, the fact that we've made tremendous progress against COVID-19. This Murthy guy is like the king of like saying, yeah. talking for 10 minutes and saying nothing. What the president is reflecting is the fact that we've made tremendous progress against COVID-19. We're in a very different place now than we were at the beginning of the pandemic with significantly lower death rates. And we have all of our children back in school and people are able to go back to work and families and friends are able to see each other. But he also said we have more work to do on COVID. And and that's right. That's what Dr. Fauci and others have expressed as well. So, you know, listen, yesterday when you and I were going back and forth, this is what I basically the point I was making. Mm -hmm. I was basically channeling what it was that I. They were going to say, yeah, which is, well, he doesn't mean you he, know, he didn't the, really mean it. The pandemic, but, 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 uh, but, I, but I he love, said that there's more work to do. So I love the backpedaling, though, because the point of words having meaning. Look, why did they change the definition of pandemic so they could declare it and have some legal standing that they think that they could defend in terms of yep. challenge? 
So now how do they back out of this other than spin? Because they don't have an official way to change the pandemic to mean it's a, it's just a problem that doesn't qualify the definition. So every court case moving forward now is going to win. Basically the challenges, the mandates, the restrictions and on and on it goes. You mean based on what the Biden said? Well, yeah, based on. Well, no, look, was, that's not. Uh, Uber Don, no. stand by. Hear me out before you dismiss it. The winds have been coming before Biden said what he said. No. They've already been happening. They've already been pushing back on the pandemic restrictions and the mandates, even before Biden said that. All I'm saying here is that Biden said it, and then they're spinning this to admit it's not the same. It's now a problem. It's much lower. It's much less. It's only going to strengthen win after win after win in the courts that challenge all of the emergency declarations that continue ad infinitum that they'd like to never, never abolish, never relinquish, never reverse. That is my point. Okay. Okay, you heard that. Now you can say what, if, if you're thinking I'm off base on that, I just want to be no, sure. No, I still okay. don't think that people, it's not like the, the words that came out of Biden's mouth uh, is, were, were like a, a bill or legislation or like that. He has, a, he has, you know, here's, I think, an opportunity for people to be able to say it was just Joe Biden misspeaking because he's got he's got a he's got a history of that right so yes, you know now just, that's what they're going to, to wrap it their up. side so probably call on the 25th amendment now hey we got to look at this biden character nah. I, he said that but he's a he doofus and people know that and he's he's a dumbass and he just says stupid things and and that's just what it that's what it's going to end up being so what it's causing to happen is that all of the experts, the public health experts, are having to explain away what Biden said. Yes, not nope. in legislation. And that explanation is weakening their position that we're in an official pandemic and a state of emergency needs to exist. That is my point. They are not strengthened by what Biden did. They are I severely think, weakened think by what The reason did. why, well, maybe, but, um, you know, one, one narrative that's been being put out there before this happened Mm-hmm. is that uh you know there's still they say uh, upwards of 500 people a day that are dying according to them from covid and so you know you do the math on that you know there was somebody somebody used the comparison they're saying that's like a 911 a week yeah. right mm-hmm. so i i don't anticipate that they're going to be able to shut this thing down anytime soon mm-hmm as much as we'd like them to, and as much as we can sit there and we can say, well, look, you know, there it's, it's less. And so it shouldn't be a pandemic. You know, it's like perspective is in order. You say a nine 11 a week, that's about 3000 a week times 50. And I know what you're going to say and I get it. And you are a hundred percent right. That there are a lot of people that die. Right. Who die from modern medicine, FDA approved. pharmaceuticals, And that's never addressed. The very thing that I've been uh, about since I opened up the microphone. For years. My buddy, John Rappaport who has a great substack been talking mm-hmm. about for longer than I've been saying it. And that goes right by over under around. And those deaths are, up it's because death by medicine right, yeah. is, is an accepted thing. And yep. it's, I hate to it's say it, but business. it's true. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. People die, you know, medical error. It's an unfortunate thing. Uh, but it does happen. Side and effects from drugs. That's just how, how it is. Monopoly medicine is more dangerous than germs, than viruses, yeah. than fungus, than parasites. Monopoly medicine is the great danger. And having really great medical insurance to cover all of that 
is a great danger to you in America I hate to, or wherever. Yeah. I hate to say it, but most people don't care unless it happens to them or somebody that they care about. Then it becomes personal. But aside from that, yeah. dude, when when they can put drug commercials on the television mm-hmm. and rattle off side effects that include death and cancer and you know, like that, and people just whatever, yeah, you know. It's just not. It's not something that, that unfortunately, the majority of people can even. Well, it's part of the wake up call, right? This is Paul Offit going. How can we just trust eight mice, you know, being injected and say everybody should get it? I I don't know how transformed this guy is. I really don't know. But it's confusing, isn't it? Isn't it? Especially when you look at the way his attitude was back in the uh, back in the day. Yeah, he was a real dude. He was. He was. And now, I. I'm inclined to say that I think maybe he was kind of his ego was bruised a little bit because they didn't take they his didn't advice or him. consult yeah. with him before making the decision about well, he's the vaccine. Make sure or they the pay for that, right? Now the defender has an article about this. I guess a counterpoint to all the mansplaining by Murthy and and uh, Fauci. Biden declares pandemic over, prompting calls for end to absurd vaccine mandates, federal health emergency. Now that's what my point was in opening up the show yesterday. This is a great article by Michael. Uh, Nebradakis, Ph.D., at the Children's Health Defense, uh, the Defender, childrenshealthdefense.org. And so they're referring to, again, Biden's comments as he's walking and talking at the Detroit Auto Show. And yet there's no end in sight to the public health emergency. That's the point. If we are not in a pandemic, then why do we have a declared emergency? And therefore, you know, on and on it would go without the emergency. The emergency is key to everything. Big Pharma needs a perpetual state of emergency because without that, they have no ability to sell liability-free products, even unapproved, except via emergency use authorization by the FDA. Mm. Remember, the FDA-approved versions of those shots, they call that comirnaty and spikebacks, are still not available anywhere in the United States. How many months, or is it a year, since they got that approval? Why? Because they haven't been added to the childhood vaccination list where it would fall under the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which is the so-called no-fault, big pharma only, well, doesn't really have any liability and a tax on every so-called antigen, although how do they how do they do that with an mRNA shot? I don't know what tax they would add to it, would never ha- fall back on the companies themselves. So the EUA is critical, and it depends upon an emergency, a state of emergency being existing in perpetuity, which is why that other comment and that other article, Superdome, was like, well, this is always going to end up killing people forever and ever and ever. It's an indefinite infection situation, COVID. So that they would have an excuse to say, no, 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 we're never going to lift this public health emergency. You understand what their intention is? Never to lift the state of emergency. I have uh, three words for you. Yeah. War on terror. Yeah, exactly. State of emergency that still exists today, doesn't it? Have they rescinded it? The Patriot it's an indefinite Act. war. It's an indefinite <laughs> war. No a war without enemy. There is no enemy. Yeah. Which means that's, you know, war, was it Smedley Butler said war is the health of the state? Whether yeah. it's a war on cancer, a war on drugs, a war on COVID, a war on terror. Follow the money. Follow the money, right? Now, Mary Holland, who we've had on this show, consultant, uh, attorney with the Children's Health Defense, and this is in the article, she said this uh, about, oh, you have it there. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead and put that full screen so I can read it easier. Uh, it is an outrage that Biden has declared the pandemic over, and yet federal and state emergencies and COVID-19 vaccine mandates remain. 
If it's over, it's over. No emergencies, no lockdowns, no mandates, no testing, no masks. Anything else is not only incoherent, it's the essence of tyranny. Pointless, cruel restrictions that destroy lives. Basically, I will add, we are living in a, say, martial law light. A state of martial law where it exists that you no longer have the autonomy to say no to government without restriction, without repercussion. You say no to get the jab. Okay. You still have the freedom to say no, but you can't work. You can't travel. Look at Canada. Your kids can't go to school. On and on it goes. We are living in a variety of martial law without them calling it. That's what the state of emergency is. It induces constitutional suspension without any any triggering clause in the constitution that allows the federal government to do that much less state governments at the level that they're doing it to basically make you a guinea pig for the pharmaceutical industrial complex or the death cult based on pharmacia or sorcery martial law how else do you describe what we're living under with a perpetual state of emergency the key to power For governments around the world, and this is true of the United States government as well, is to live or make us live always within a state of emergency. Now, we can go to the state of emergency that happened in 1933 on the congressional record, the bankruptcy of the United States. That has never been turned. It's renewed every, what, couple of years? That's a state of emergency as well. That's where they claim, well, we got to get your gold. Give us your gold. Because the de jure United States, you know, basically went bankrupt and turned itself over to the creditors, if you will, of private consortiums or banks by the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 that set set us up to be basically subject to international bankers, World Bank, International Monetary Fund, et cetera. And then we can name emergency after emergency. Remember, there's no declaration of war since World War II officially. Permanent states of emergency. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. We can do whatever we want. We don't have to go to Congress to get an actual declaration of war. Authorization to use force, much like an emergency use authorization to use a a jab and technology to inject your children, you, grandma, grandpa, without fully engaging in clinical trials, double blind placebo control studies, standardizing, and yet providing for accountability should those products, yes, products for profit, injure or kill. Manufacturers, no liability. That is a recipe for what? totalitarian disaster when you are removed from responsibility for your actions with rare exception people that were formerly good become evil or do evil things and that state of emergency we have our government unlimited in its capacity to do harmful and evil things and the problem is in the hegelian dialectic of republicans versus democrats and vice versa is we got Team A and Team B going, I hate it when Team A has that power, but when I'm in there, Team B, I want that power. I'll use it. I, I railed against it when they were in power. But now that I have it, no, I don't want to rescind it. I'm going to use it. And that's, again, once again, where we are because we've been divided and therefore conquered. The question is, will we, can we regain our constitutional sanity and put government back in that cage that our founders had set up for us? It wasn't an automatic words on a piece of paper do not limit people's behavior, but the willingness to stand against folks that would violate your fundamental rights to life, liberty, and property 
would be the way that this would be put back in and constrainment would happen, not on the people, but on people in government and the government itself at that point. A perpetual state of emergency means we live in a state of martial law. Maybe a friendlier version because they're still letting you do most stuff. But hey, you don't get the jab. You don't wear the mask. And look at again, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, some of the Western democracies of Europe to find out how restricted you are. Is this communist China? Will this become that? That's up to you. It's up to me. It's not up to one political savior or 10. You stop it right where you are. At the localist of local levels, be like Rosa Parks and say, no, I will not comply. All right. What I want you to do is consider using orange guard instead of toxic pesticides. Enough already with toxic poisons that are causing you cancer, kids, cancer, animal cancer, delimining from orange peel. That's God's natural pesticide that won't harm your kids or your pets. You can use it in your kitchen. You can use it in your garden. It's still organic. This is coming from the orange peel. OrangeGuard.com directly. You can get it at uh, Ace Hardware stores around the country. You can get it at Whole Foods. And I appreciate that we have options. If you got ants and roaches and things, you don't have to. You don't have to use toxic poisons. Look at all the people that have gotten Orange Guard. They've sent in pictures to the Robert Scott Bell Show. I'd love you to do it as well. Go get it. Take a picture with it like this. Ask RSB at Gmail to Super Don. Ask RSB at Gmail. We'll enter you into a big drawing next month. We're going to do a giveaway just for fun because we love to do that. Thanks again to Nutritional Frontiers for their certified organic hemp CBD products as well. And check out the up. Oh, there you go. RSB 15 gets you 15% off all of the U.S. grown CBD hemp products that we use here. Their focus this month of September, 15% off with the code RSB 15. You get an additional 15% off because you're part of the Robert Scott Bell Show family. I thank you for being here. Now, with that, we are going to be joined by someone. I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is say. Here he is, Clay Clark, and I can walk away. I'll be back in 30 minutes, and the show will be great because that's that's Clay. He brings it. <laughs> I, I don't even know why I'm here. No, we love it. Reawaken America, the tour. We've got it all linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. You can check it out. And uh, awesome people that have been pre- presenting there. It's still ongoing. We'll talk about some updates with him. What's going on? What's changed? What's transforming? We want some good news, too. Clay Clark, welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hey, Robert, we can talk offline. I want to just throw it out there for you. We'll just kind of keep this between you and I and your listeners. I would like to formally invite you to speak at the Reawaken America Tour in November, uh, November 4th and 5th in Branson. Talk about it offline. Think about it. You've, you've been one of the best truth tellers in the movement for a long time, and I've been trying to carve out a spot to invite you. So you're formally invited. It's on video. Aaron Antis, you're a witness. <laughs> I'm a witness. You went to Bible college. I you saw, saw it happen. I'm going to hold you accountable. Okay. Tom. So therefore, okay. again, I, if you could make it happen, we'd love okay. to have you there in Branch on November 4th and 5th. That is the one weekend I might have actually availability. I don't know how you did that. Well, I just we just talked to Peter Navarro today. Okay. Uh, he's joining us. Uh, that's uh, was Trump's right hand man in the office. Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, he's joining us. Yeah. Talked to Eric Trump today. He's working on getting a few other people close just to the president there. Cash, Cash Patel. Cash Patel. We'll we just talk talked to him. Yeah. He's joining the tour. So five of the seven people closest to the president are there. Mm-hmm. And then I would consider myself to be one of the people farthest away from the president, and I'm there. Yeah, that's okay. Purpose. Branson, <laughs> Missouri. Branson, yeah, Missouri. November fourth and fifth. Are you broadcasting uh, on the West Coast, or where, where do you broadcast from? Wherever I am, I have portable equipment. I can uh, uh, okay. broadcast anywhere. So if I oh, have a, an internet signal, you can give it. I can broadcast live from that event too. 
Yeah, well, for Branson, Missouri, that's our final event of the year okay. um, that we're doing there. So it's November 4th and 5th for anybody out there. And then Pennsylvania, that'll be in October. And that's our, yeah. our second to the last event 21st of the year. 21st and 22nd. And that event yeah. will feature a pumpkin carving contest featuring Mike Lindell, General Flynn, Cash Patel, and I believe Eric Trump will be going head-to-head here on oh, yeah. a pumpkin carving contest. I, yeah, listen. Clay, I, this is a shocking uh, invitation. I'm sure you've thought about it because I, I mean, this could ruin the entire tour if I'm there. I just don't want to no. harm any. Bro, you drop knowledge bombs, and, I, and I've wanted to have you for a while. I just always have to um, look at gaps in the schedule and carve out time and, and see if I can make that happen. But I wanted to extend a formal invitation to you All right. uh, there. So, again, we'd love I to have you. I appreciate that, Clay. Now, yeah, I'm taking it under serious advisement here, and if, if it's available, we're going to find a way to make it happen then. That's great. So, Clay, tell me about and, and introduce your, your, the person to your, your left, my right, yeah. as I'm looking at you because I don't know that you've been on the Robert Scott Bell Show before. Well, this is Aaron Antis, and he runs Oklahoma's largest home building company. And behind the scenes, a lot of times people will see this guy with the American flag suit who's organizing speakers and making announcements like, we're going to be towing your car. You must move your car. So I, I, I affectionately call Aaron Antis the, the bearer of bad news. He's also been a <laughs> longtime client that I've worked with for years to help him grow his company, uh, shawhomes.com. From when we first met, how big was Shaw? Uh, we were like 19 million back in 2016. And what are you guys doing this year, roughly? Uh, we're up. Last year we were 142 million. I think maybe this year we'll be up close to 200. And it, so we've we've helped grow Shaw Homes quite a bit. But Aaron, um, when I first told him, I said I feel like we need to do this re reopen America event, not a tour, but an event. Mm -hmm. uh, Aaron organized the porta potties. He got the security. Um, he helped do a lot of the details needed to make this happen. In our events, you know, we we let people name their price. Uh, so. In, in order to do that, we have a lot of people like Aaron who uh, and myself, we don't get paid anything to do this. And so Aaron has been to all the events. So I thought it'd be but fun I, to I have him on. Get, I get, did get the best job title as the Prince of Porta Potties at that first. <laughs> I do want to point that out. We yeah. are righteously grateful for those, those kind of things when you're out in fields, right? So that's great that you have that. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm waiting for the day when people pay for your services in gold and silver like it used to be. Right. You are a hundred percent accurate. Exactly. To that. Now I will say I got a few updates today for everybody yeah. that are very important for people to know. Um, the first thing we need, I'm going to start with some, uh, what I believe to be good news is cash Patel and, and, uh, president Trump just finished a new book called the plot against the King 2000 mules. And, uh, it's a, it's a great kid's book and cash Patel, my good friend, just put that out. I encourage everybody, if you can, uh, Go to 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 Truth Social, find Cash Patel, pick up a copy of it again. The plot against the King, two thousand mules. Um, I don't benefit financially by encouraging you to get it, but I know Cash Patel is one of the hardest working people uh, working behind the scenes to help save this republic. His new book is out, so I encourage you to get it. Uh, next update I have for you is Joe Biden signed Executive Order one four zero six seven. And I don't know if you've covered this on your show yet, uh, or but Executive Order 14067 is an executive order that essentially ends non-programmable currency beginning on December 13th. Yep. So Joe Biden has signed what many are calling the death warrant on American freedom on March. Again, he signed this March 9th of 2022. This goes into effect on December 13th of 2022. Yeah. Can you uh, can you boil that down, that executive order, in terms of how it will hit people practically if that is actually implemented? What does that mean for people and their ability to spend what they're used to spending to buy things, for instance? 
Okay, so um, there, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote some people that are much more respected than I am. Okay, so we're gonna go here. Let me let me play a little audio clip that here works. for you. Okay, this this first audio clip you're gonna hear is Catherine Austin Fitz. Okay, mm-hmm. she's an investment banker. You might have seen her in Planet Lockdown. Listen to how she how she describes Executive Order One Four Zero Six Seven. There are two videos I really want your audience to watch. One is a 56 second video of the BIS general manager. Manager Augustine Karstens. This is the Bank of International Settlement she's referring to. Mm-hmm. In October 2020, explaining that with CBDC, they will have central control to set the rules and enforce them centrally. Aren't our analysis on CBDC, in particular for the use of general to the general use, uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash, uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, for example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who's using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, a key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. Those are those two issues are extremely important, and that m- makes a huge difference with respect to what she, to what cash is. It's the only time in my life I've ever seen a central banker be one hundred percent honest. Uh, it's quite remarkable. They're trying to put into place a digital transaction control grid which will tell you what you can do with your money, when you can do it, where you can go. If they don't want you to be able to use your money more than five miles from your home, that's it. Your money will turn off five miles from your home. Once they get the system into place, it won't even be, I I believe it won't even be your national central bank that will control. It will be the Bank of International Settlements. You talked about... It's Robert Kiyosaki speaking now. Executive Order 14067. What is the your concern on Executive Order One Four Zero Six Seven, which was just signed in as with Biden and company only a few months ago? What what is the, your concern One Four Zero Six Seven? Yeah, it has. It has. This is Jim Rickards now. He's an American attorney, economist, investment banker. He's responding to Robert Kiyosaki's question. It's a number of parts, and uh, the thing with. Uh, uh, well, executive orders, or for that matter, legislation, I, I can say you have to read the fine print. I mean, help you if you donate money to Donald Trump. Uh, well, they <laughs> might, they'll know that, first of all. And you might find that your account's frozen. So it's programmable currency that you can turn on or off mm-hmm. um, in the way social media accounts can be turned on or off. And I hope I've provided some clarity there for it. Very much so. I appreciate it. It's been a subject of mine here on this show for, well, 23 years, because when I talked about healing the constitution of the body, acknowledge the body politic, the constitution that was being ignored at our own peril and our own demise. And that played a large role in understanding the origin of money in America, coinage act of 1792, all of the things that transpired. And then we were devoid of when the federal reserve act of 1913 kicked into gear in 1933, that declared bankruptcy by FDR, the, the reclamation, if you will, of all the gold, the stupid Americans that were stupid gave their gold away and said, sure, whatever you say, as opposed to now, the question is, will be, will we be stupid like we were in 1933 to give away our ability to have freedom of economic exchange? And 
the vulnerability, of course, is if you're in the banking system, which is all flowing from the Federal Reserve, International Monetary Fund, and World Bank. They're all connected. Yes. That we, we must stop utilizing what they are providing for us under the guise of monopoly money that says, oh, no, no, you have no freedom to do anything else. The faster we start doing something else, the less power they will have to implement and have the impact that they desire to enslave us first and foremost as well. The only way this implements fully is if we acquiesce to digital identifications as well. Now, the thing about you and why why it was very intentional to invite you today, I was kind of holding back on that, is because um, you and I, I, I'm not saying this uh, as, a, as a paid advertorial for your show. I'm just saying this. <laughs> Most uh, hosts stick within the lines of what is acceptable <laughs> and what is politically correct so within true. the narrative that the mainstream mm-hmm. media allows them to play with it. Mm-hmm. So is it acceptable within the mainstream media? Is it politically correct? And that's where they stay. And what you do is you share the truth. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about healthy eating or, or diet or whether you're talking about uh, the Constitution. Uh, you have a purity of thought. You view it as an absolute. There's a right and a wrong, a yes or a no, an up or a down. And if you read the Bible, that's really the heart of Jesus. And uh, Jesus didn't come to be a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. He came to speak the truth. And if you read First uh, Timothy, which I was reading last night, it's very convicting as a husband um, of how you're supposed to raise your family. I mean, he says motivational. And I'll, let me just read this to you. Let me let me just read this from the Bible, okay? Um, and this is maybe someone says this is pretty tough, man. Jesus was tough. It says he who cannot provide. Let me let me just pull this up here. Uh, there's a beautiful fly in my office that's running around right now. Hopefully, it's not a synthetically modified, genetically created a Bill Gates fly, okay? But it says here, but if any provide not for his own. And especially for those of us in his own household, in his own household, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Let me try again. But if any provide not for his own, and especially not for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. And that's what Jesus would say if he were leading a motivational business seminar. That's true. Or if he were speaking at a church, or if he were talking one-on-one, he's indivisible. And Aaron, I mean, you went to Bible college, but I mean, you're not hearing this sort of sound doctrine anywhere. No, you're not, because most people, you know, the fear, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, you know, so people don't start there. That's the problem. You know, we, I've been saying we've got this wonderful movement in our country called Make America Great Again. And I'd like to throw my thoughts in the ring there and say, let's make America God-fearing again. Because I think if we can do that, that's the beginning of wisdom. And then all these things that keep happening that you're going, that doesn't even make sense why we would do that. Well, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And, you know, as you were saying, Clay, I mean, the Bible says, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. And obviously, you know, on your show, we've got, you know, Robert, you're a truth teller. So you're going to make your yes, yes, and your no, no. So that's the that we, point. Maybe people maybe, have figured that out. It sounds like you have too. So th- <laughs> no, I mean, that's why I, lo- I love about your show. And that's why I wanted you to come. You know, I, I didn't know you super well six months ago, seven months ago. So I've taken a step back and watched shows and listened to it. And um, that's why you're going to find all the speakers at these events. I mean, Dr. Judy Mikevitz just tells you how it is. Yeah. Tell you about game of function and who's behind it. And, and Dr. Judy Mikevitz recently on my show, she said, Hey, I would like to bring up the fact that Dr. Robert Malone is a part of NIH Active. And I'm going, what? 
So NIH active. Now, I want to encourage everyone to look this up, folks. Type in NIH. Let's do it all right. Everyone do it right now. We're taking the challenge. Everybody type in NIH active into Google A or DuckDuckGo, A-C-T-I-V or Brave. Okay. Yep. But go there and type in NIH active. What does active stand for? A-C-T-I-V. Accelerating the COVID-19 therapeutic interventions and vaccines. Uh-oh. Oh. Now you go to Dr. Malone's website. Let's go there. Here we go. Go into DuckDuckGo. Type it in Dr. Robert Malone website. Pulling it up. Pull it up right now. I'm on his website. Here we go. And he says that he is a part of, on his web website here, Aaron, he says he's a part of NIH Active. Uh -huh. He's a non-voting member on, the, on that committee. That's great. NIH Active. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Judy Mikevitz wanted to bring up that concern. You know, why are you part of an organization that is furthering the Great Reset uh, in, within the NIH? And that's the kind of people we have on the tour. And that's why Robert Kiyosaki is on the tour. Now, a next update I've got for you here. I'm going to try to get through four or five updates if I can today. Mm -hmm. um, Robert Kiyosaki, a lot of people know him from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. The big controversial stance that he has that I think a lot of people, their, their minds are blown, is he advocates for debt. So let me just give an example of where he advocates. And this is kind of where he, a lot of people get him, uh, they don't like him because of this. His four-step process for getting rich, quote-unquote, is called uh, uh, the, the cash flow quadrant. All right. So step one, he says you have to become best employee possible. We all agree with that. Mm -hmm. Step two, he says you need to become self-employed, own your own business. Third, he says you need to then own your own business like a, you're a business owner. You don't just own your own job. You're not just self-employed, but you own a business that employs people. And then step four is you're an investor. And his point is, he always says, that you're, you know, if you lived, if you worked hard your whole life and you saved up all the money you've ever earned, you could probably pay cash for a house when you're 50 or something, you know, given the current economic conditions, maybe 40. So his take is to borrow money and you, you don't have to buy properties that are undervalued and then you rent out those properties and the cash flow is what you live off of. And some people agree with that and some people don't. But he's one of the first people I know that's been calling out executive order 14067 and that's how we first connected and that's how we decided to come on the tour i'm going to play what robert kiyosaki has to say about the collapse of the dollar okay and this is boggling people's minds let me give you an example if you go to youtube right now folks and you type in robert kiyosaki let me just show you how how wild this is again despite the censorship on youtube right now robert kiyosaki's show um this is called the rich dad poor dad sh uh, sh show um, his show he did about executive order one four zero six seven on YouTube alone has seven hundred and twenty seven thousand views on YouTube alone, and they got despite the censorship. So listen to what he says here. Backing it up, how concerned are you about the collapse of the U.S. dollar, sir? I'm very concerned, and it's more than just the U.S. There's you know there's a thing called the BRICS nations. BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And uh, what happened in uh, 2021, I believe, when we abandoned Afghanistan, on that day, Saudi Arabia shifted allegiances from America trading in dollars, petrodollars. Saudi Arabia switched sides to China and Russia. It's the end of the dollar system. So the end is near for the US dollar, and my concern is it's going to wipe out stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. Just for my generation, the boomer generation, we're in serious trouble because the only reason our stocks, bonds, mutual funds are up is because the Fed and the Treasury just kept printing more and more money. 
Mm-hmm. Instead of fixing the problem from 2008, they just kept printing more money. And it's about to come to an end. So that's why when I say to people, buy gold, silver, and Bitcoin. You know, you want to stay in what I call real assets. And he goes on to explain that he believes the collapse of the dollar is on the way due to uh, many factors. One is inflation and second is BRICS. And BRICS yeah. stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. That's 41% of the Earth's population has teamed up. Their, their heads of those nations have teamed up to uh, unseat the dollar as the world's reserve currency. That's 41% of the Earth's population. And then you have now Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Nigeria, Venezuela, Algeria, Turkey, and Argentina are also teaming up with BRICS. So we're about ready to see the um, de-dollarization of the world's economy. Well, and that's why we have to move from uh, the Federal Reserve note before that happens to diversify, as Kiyosaki says, and I've been saying this for years. However, that is, I use the gold backs, which are now legal tender in at least five states that are gold, not back currency, but the gold is in the currency. And these are private means of exchange that don't require digitization, but it's a radical departure from the way, Clay, we've grown up and now for generations in America for those few like G. Edward Griffin, who brought this to many people's attention with the creature from Jekyll Island, they said that inevitability would be that they would print themselves out of existence like we have. I always carry around a Zimbabwe one trillion dollar note to explain mm-hmm. to people this is what happens when you have unhinged a limitation on the printing of money, either through digital means or through even paper means. So the question is, what does a post dollar world look like? In terms of Federal Reserve note currency in America, that's part of the preparation for localizing our economies to begin to re- produce things again. We've right. exported our inflation. We've exported our manufacturing, all the things we have so many resources here in the United States that our federal government beholden now to globalist institutions that have no allegiance to any nation or state, least of all our Constitution have basically told the states that the, the, the all the wonderful things that you have in the states, the natural resources you have in the ground below your feet you have no access to these are world heritage sites debt for nature swaps via the united nations all are coming back to imf world bank these are the things that are now finally these big time financial advisors are really recognizing they've laid the groundwork for this for decades some would argue centuries these bankers to get to this point to bring us to our knees and enslave us to a debt that can never mathematically be repaid hey i say stop engaging in that debt based kind of way of living debt is slavery and let's move into something that has integrity in exchange and that means again coming back to spiritual basis just weights and measures those are in the bible as well and that's where we need to be going pronto you have right now and to address Lori's comment here i see in the top right um about bitcoin i want to be very clear on this um the u.s dollar uh the inflation rate that the that the, is being stated by our federal government is 9.1%. That's the inflation rate that they're stating at the federal level. Now, Aaron, you build houses on the local level in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, how much has the cost of building a home gone up in the past 18 months? Uh, probably 50, 55%. Okay. How much has the cost of buying gasoline gone for the trucks, the work trucks and vehicles and your own personal vehicle that you drive? Uh, at least 100%. How much has the cost of an avocado or fruit or just, just groceries gone up in the past 18 months for you? 40%. Okay, so we don't know anything that we actually buy on a weekly basis, whether it be building supplies, gasoline, or food, that's gone up 9.1%. 
Yeah, that's because that's not the real inflation rate. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at Bitcoin, and I don't buy Bitcoin, I'm a gold and silver guy, but if you look at Bitcoin, uh, as the dollar began to collapse and more people could see inflation happening, the, the Bitcoin for a while there soared and it hit record heights. Yeah. Now what you're seeing is is the, the, the Bitcoin market, the gold and silver market, a lot of these people are speculators. They're called speculators. They're people that are, they, they buy in, they buy out. They get in, they get out. They kind of look for trends and they're trying to make money. When something goes down, they buy it. When it goes up, they sell it. That's the speculator, okay? I'm a buy and hold guy. That's what I like to buy and hold. But the speculators are going to move in and out, move in and out. And, and Jerome Powell, and I encourage uh, Lori uh, to look this up here. And what I'll do is I will uh, cite the date on this so you can look it up. It's March 23rd of 2021. Jerome Powell said this during an oversight of the Treasury Department meeting. He said this out loud. I want people to listen to this. A lot of people are just now finding this video, so listen to this. I don't think that a a system that relies entirely on, uh, you know, uh, for example, private, completely private governance or completely secret uh, um, uh, information about who's who's actually owning the the, the the digital dollar would would not be viable. So he doesn't want you to have a system of mo- of money that it's it's secret how much you have. So let me just give an example. My my wall and my uh, pocket right now. I have a hundred dollars. There it is, hundred dollars, and that I guess was a secret until I pulled it out right now. <clears throat> um, unless Jerome Powell was in my pocket, which would be a whole different show. Um, so what we'd have to t- say here is that Jerome Powell doesn't want that conversation to happen. Yeah, where he doesn't want it to be. Uh, he doesn't want that kind of conversation where he doesn't know how much is in my pocket to happen. Right. Right. He wants to know at all times who has money and who doesn't. So what's happening right. in the in the crypto world? is it looks as though the Biden administration will be banning all forms of digital currency outside of the Federal Reserve-backed digital currency. So they're mm-hmm. called central bank digital currencies. And this goes into effect on December 13th of 2022. Now listen to this. This is the, the follow-up portion of this uh, hearing here, probably the most disturbing part. This is Rep. Bill Foster, a Democrat, states the following right before I vomit. Listen to the citizens of the U.S. and in our ability to rapidly distribute funds, particularly to the underbanked. Having to do with one of the things the coronavirus laid bare is the lack of, you know, simply a list of of citizens of the U.S. and in our ability to rapidly distribute funds, particularly to the underbanked. You know, a high quality and universal uh, digital ID in the U.S. would have made that immeasurably easier, as well as everything from, you know, vaccine certificates or, or you name it. They reveal the mark. This has been, uh, you know, it's an ongoing discussion on many fronts. So he actually said it would have been easier to rush in the Mark of the Beast, a.k.a. the RNA-modifying nanotechnology yeah. if we would have had this cryptocurrency in place. So what's happening is the speculator market on the Bitcoin side or other cryptocurrencies, which I do not invest in, they are saying, whoa, they might ban this currency right away. Yeah. So again, that's what's happening. But I always encourage my my personal advice. Do you have a gold and silver guy that you recommend on your show? Do you have one? Yeah. Well, we we utilize the uh, gold backs primarily through uh, United Precious Metals Association. Okay. And my, my son is there uh, working, and every day he's talking about the prices going down relative to the Federal Reserve note dollar, sure. and it's quite stunning how proficient they are at suppressing the the real value as denominated in dollars so to speak uh, when people think that <clears throat> let me just say it this way people have got it backwards 
they are trying to figure out how much is gold worth, how much is silver worth as it's set in dollars. There you go. The reality, it's the reverse. It's in ounces you should be concerned about because those ounces will never be diminished. Whereas quick, the Federal Reserve note is going to be diminished to, to the point of destruction, as we've been ta talking about. And I want to point out this. You're 100%, you're 100% correct, and I just want to pile on real quick. You know, Putin yeah. is saying, I don't want to give you my actual real oil unless you give me real money, a.k.a. gold and silver and or the ruble. Okay, you're seeing now China and Russia have agreed to now change or, or to, to, to trade and exchange oil um, using anything but the dollar. They're saying we're now going to trade back and forth not using the dollar. So right now, we just have to understand that the dollar is going to collapse. So anybody out there who's looking for advice, I would just say find a precious metals dealer that you can trust, that you believe in. Also, it's hard to eat gold and silver. So I'd make sure that you have food set up in yeah. the event that there is a short-term, uh, complete supply chain collapse. Convert those Federal Reserve notes into something that you can eat as well and, and protect and yourself. I don't have a promo code with My Patriot Supply, but I do have warehouses full of My Patriot Supply. Um, there's also a doctor in Tulsa, Oklahoma called Sherwood.tv. Sherwood.tv. He has organic food that lasts a long time. Sherwood.tv. And the final things I want to give everybody out there, just some free stuff. If you're out there going, hey, you know, I want to learn more. I want to dive in. You can download this for free tonight. It's called The Great Reset versus The Great Reawakening. You can download this for free at time2freeamerica.com, time2freeamerica.com. You can also watch the documentary I did with General Flynn and Michael Lindell. Aaron Antis is in there as well. Uh, Mel K, you can download that for free, time2freeamerica.com. You can download the documentary. Also, if you want to get tickets to the Reawaken America Tour, the mainstream media continues to perpetuate the lie that you, that either A, the, the, the mainstream media loves to say that the events are sold out before they are, as a way to suppress ticket buyers. Um, again, I will tell you when they're sold out at time to freeamerica.com. Every event has been sold out, but they're not sold out until we announce they're sold out. So you can get those tickets at time to freeamerica.com. And the second is you can always name your price. And the mainstream media does not like that to be known that you can name right. your price. They mystery shop us all the time. Just today, we had a mainstream media member call us and they slipped and they tried to buy a ticket. And they couldn't believe that it was they could name their price. Mm -hmm. And it turns out they're actually somebody who is a member of the media trying to play a game with us again. But again, yeah. you can name your price. You can get those tickets at time2freeamerica.com. General Flynn, Cash Patel. We um, have it linked up. And I'm going to talk to you afterwards uh, so yeah, you can see if I can get over to Branson for that one. All right? I appreciate the invitation. Yeah. Clay Clark. Clark uh, again, God bless you for all you're doing. And uh, wow, just, just, um, just amazing. And the updates are very profound and important. I appreciate adding into the mix the validity of what we've been saying here for a long time. Yeah, I, I'm just telling you this. I, here's what I'm going to do for you. If you do come to Branson, Aaron saw me do this. Yeah. I rolled out the red carpet for a show called Church and State. Yeah. Where they got a chance to score yeah. interviews with all the all the big uh, presenters. Yeah. And I'd love to do the same thing for you. So if you can be there, we'll make it worth your time. But again, thank you for all the work you do. Right. And uh, Lori, hopefully I answered your question. And uh, uh, Lori Lally, hopefully we answered your questions. Take care. All right. Let's talk more. That's uh, an amazing little interview and a surprise invitation here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. So we're going to be back in about 60 seconds or less for the bonus round and digest what we've done today on the show. So stick around. And remember, it's the God's honest truth. The power to heal, even politically and economically, is yours. All right. Well, I did not expect what happened in that second hour to happen. That was interesting. <laughs> I'm still trying to catch up to him. Right. Uh, you know, in the man, whenever he's on, it's just like if you're not paying attention, you miss half of it. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. I'm like, I, I, I. <laughs> yeah. So November 4th and 5th in Branson, Missouri. Let me confirm my calendar from what I think is right. Cause I think there yeah. was a pause between the last event of October, which is the Pittsburgh event. And then the 12th and 13th, which is the red pill expo in Salt Lake city. And so if I'm looking at the fourth and fifth, it is open. Yeah, it's I'm showing it open on so, on my end here too. So and I probably could So here's the question. From there, yeah. How do you get there? Cuz it sounds like he wants you to get there on your own power. Yeah, I don't know. We got I got to talk to him afterwards to figure that out if I got to yeah, fund okay. the trip and somehow get there, but it may be worthwhile. I don't know. I would understand what what I'd be speaking on. There's a lot of things I I, I have questions. There's a about. I look, I would just look at it this way. It's a huge yeah. opportunity. Yeah, we could have access um, to some really interesting guests too, as he said. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. yeah, if that can happen, that I think that'd be a good thing. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Who knows? How, did you did you enjoy or did you zone out on our uh, Carl Young talk in hour one? I thought the guy was great. I enjoyed him very very much. I was working on some stuff in the background, but yeah. I was listening as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, you guys were geeking out. Um, he has a journey similar to mine. That's why yeah. you know I, I found it fascinating that what brought him to where he is today is similar to my journey. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. uh, right. So uh, let's see what else do we have here. Did we forget to cover anything or talk about anything? <laughs> Questions of the day. Did did um, did Clay refer to you? He compare you to Jesus? <laughs> well, Jesus was Jewish, wasn't he? Okay. All right. <laughs> mom is in the chat room there she's like right. wow he compares you to jesus wow um yeah i, I i'm not going for that analogy i don't know what the heck <laughs> that. but all i'm saying is i appreciate that he really recognized our in my position about you know definitive yay or nays you know not this wishy-washy stuff even though i recognize there's a, a you know a, a multiplicity or plurality of a lot of different experiences and views on the planet but when it comes to certain things i'm very for lack of a better way to say black and white in terms of right and wrong. And I think, um, I don't think that's a, a bad thing. In fact, I think we need a little yeah. bit more of that. Uh, you know, basically principled stances as opposed to I bend every time the wind blows a certain direction or somebody throws a federal reserve note at me. I'm like, Oh, I'll change my perspective on that. I, we, for those of you who have been with me for a few days to a few years, you'll find that we're pretty consistent <laughs> about the beliefs here. And oftentimes we'll have to turn down things that would be economically viable for us and for me, because I just, I, I don't believe in it and I don't want to, you know, what's the point of doing a show if there's not a, let's say integrity, you know, right. all of the mainstream media do, is, has integrity deficiencies. Why would I want to do that too? That's just not yeah. of interest to me. So there you go. So Agreed. it seems like he's checked that out and said, yeah, you guys are consistent. So appreciate that. Clay Clark. That was very nice. Yeah. No, that'd be really cool if you can make that. Cause it's like uh, plus, you know, the, the access that you'd have to, you know, almost like a radio row type situation there with all the uh, the speakers and stuff. Right. So yeah, we'll look find out more about that. Um, yeah, I was a little quiet today in the in the chat rooms. People have been busy. I think people have been have been busy. So we got a couple of things we need to wrap up here before we end the show. First off, I got yeah. a phone call earlier uh, today from our friend Maggie okay. in Louisiana. Okay. And uh, I just wanted to play that real quick. She had a request. Hey, Robert and Super Don, this is Maggie in Louisiana. I know you don't usually do this kind of thing, but I'm reaching out to my Robert Chabelle family. 
Um, my brother-in-law is in the hospital for open heart surgery, and he's 83. And uh, I know that both he and my sister have had all the COVID shots. And uh, I'm just asking for prayers. Thank you. Hmm. Bye. Well, Maggie... I say thanks for reaching out. Maggie is a longtime supporter through patron of the Robert Scott Bell Show. And she's been at a lot of our AMAs, which are held through Zoom, where we, we interact with one another. And we, you know, I think it's a, it's a very kind and loving. And there's laughter as well, even in the difficulties, because Maggie's brought some, you know forth difficulties in her life. And now she's mentioning a brother-in-law going through open-heart surgery. So absolutely send in our prayers um, for your brother-in-law. I recognize the difficulty in that. I open heart surgery i mean if they still do it the same way i mean they literally cut through the sternum and they open it up i mean it's it's brutal the kind of uh, things that they do usually they they say it's usually done for bypass surgeries right to, they take a vein from your leg turn it inside out and sew it onto the heart to bypass a very clogged artery of course in the era of normal what we call normal heart bypass surgeries it was before the era of covid and covid jabs where we're having all kinds of cardiovascular events with or without open heart surgery. So you almost have to say extra strength prayers nowadays with what they're putting people through. Extra Especially strength with, prayers? Is yeah, I mean, I don't know how to say it, but <laughs> you, you've got the COVID jabs in these people and they're doing open heart. We know the vascular damage. We know the heart damage. We know the, the blood damage that occurs. So correcting it you know, would mean Crataegus, the Hawthorne berry. It would mean cardio miracle. It would mean magnesium. It would mean copper and silica. If I didn't mention selenium, it would be selenium. So in conjunction with recovery like Arnica, of course. So yes, we send prayers, Maggie, and I thank you for reaching out. By the way, our next AMA, uh, Lorelai was asking, is the 28th of September. If I'm not mistaken, that's a Wednesday. First time we're doing it on a Wednesday evening. Let me look back. Yes, 20... uh, 28. Yeah, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Yes. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. And this is our weekday version. Usually we try to flip flop a Saturday morning or something and a weekday. So we're back to the weekday this time. So if you'd like to be part of our patron support group and the Ask Me Anythings, uh, join up as little as five bucks a month. You can pay all that in a year if you want to support us and, keep and us get a doing discount. What we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, the annual memberships, they, yeah. they give you like 15% yeah. off or something yeah. like that. So, Lori Harvey, Anyam Terua. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So let's see. What else do we got coming up? I, I mentioned upcoming events already. I, I did a few times. So if you just go to the upcoming events tab, Superdon up, uh, uploaded a number of other online events as well that you can participate from the comfort of your own home computer or phone. We do have in-person events coming up this weekend. Minneapolis-St. Paul. I think we'll see Lori Harvey there, Lori, at the uh, U.S. Health Freedom Congress. And Ty and Charlene Bollinger are going to be with me and others. It's going to be amazing. We'll have Cardio Miracle up there. We'll have Echo Hydrogen Water there, Synergy Science Water. And we'll have uh, some giveaways. They're going to be doing a, a couple of giveaways to the Echo Goes. And our buddy Phil, who has the his his version of the Far Infrared Sauna, is going to do, be doing a giveaway for one of those. And it's going to be great. It'll be a really great time. And if you haven't gotten your Synergy uh, Echo Water, 
you can get a 15% discount with the code RSB15 when you go to SynergyScience.com. That's the best discount on the planet because y'all are here. And I thank Paul and Synergy Science for providing that to all y'all in that regard. Uh, oh, Lori had to cancel that trip. Oh, you lost your job. Sorry to hear that, Lori. I'll miss you. But I, at least I got to hang out with you, and it was great, to, great fun the time we got to hang out at Autism One in uh, Phoenix last month. Or is it earlier this month? I can't keep up with it. But it was great. So sorry to miss you, Lori. But hopefully we'll see you at the next event, one of the next events, maybe Health Freedom Expo or something, if uh, the tides turn on your job-seeking scenario and you get a good one or create a good one for that matter. All right. What else? Uh, Jonathan Nemore delayed me. I still got, I think about 55 minutes or so before I've got a, a reconnoiter on the air and pre-record for tomorrow's or, or well, one, I have one. just, I have just found something. I think we need to, uh, maybe you can talk with, uh, Emort about this. Okay. Uh, on Twitter breaking, mm-hmm. apparently the migrants that were flown to Martha's vineyard have decided to sue yeah. Ron DeSantis, and they are alleging that the relocations that took place violated their Fourth and Fourteenth Amendment rights and the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So what libtard got a hold of these migrants? <laughs> it's so obvious. It's not like they all wow. came over here. They're all like constitutional scholars, yeah, right? right? Suddenly they know they're, about these things. They came somebody in. is so behind this. And, you wow. know, there's some of the reaction that I've seen on Twitter so far. Yeah. People are like, wait a minute. They're illegal immigrants. Yeah, they came here, violated the laws of the United States that are not being enforced. Do they do they have Fourth and Fourteenth Amendment rights, and and do they would it fall under the Civil Rights Act of nineteen sixty four? Yeah, I mean, tell me seriously, somebody can step over the border and no, sue somebody? No good deed goes unpunished. You've heard that the Santa sends these people <laughs> to sanctuary cities and states for their benefit, so they'll be cared for better. Oh, we yes, so need we so need Emord to talk about this because this is breaking. All right, well, make sure you send that info. Yeah, okay, in, we'll be ready for that as well. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm wondering. You know, if I went to um, let's say I went to China, yeah. <laughs> Could I sue Jinping uh, or whatever his name is? Xi Jinping? Yeah, well, try uh, to I, illegally enter New Zealand or Australia and say, hey, I got rights. You can't do this. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. You you took me to the clam bake at, at Martha's Vineyard, and I actually wanted to go to downtown Detroit. No, you didn't. Come wow. on. Wow. That's just mm-hmm. hilarious. Anyway. That is pretty funny. So, yeah, so you got any more top of the hour? Okay, that'll be good. That'll work. So that got delayed, but that's cool. We'll get it, get it done. So we'll have a Thursday, a new episode of the show as I'm traveling to Minnesota uh, for the U.S. Health Freedom Congress. The 26th is a Monday. All right, how about the poll of the day? Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Poll of the day. Question. Biden said the pandemic is over. Is he right? Yes, no, or not sure? Oh, I what think do you think people said? Overwhelming, yes. Overwhelming, yes. 82% said yes. It is over. Of course, the thing is, I think that 82% probably would have just answered the same if the question had just been, is the pandemic over? Right? I'm asking you questions while you're distracted. Uh, Yeah, I I have to uh, arrange for a (laughs) parent-teacher conference. Oh, kid stuff. Yeah. Cool. Uh, just not not one that's been bad. It's just a standard one, right? Just yeah, not, yeah. No, I get uh, it. At, at, uh, let me just get this. If anybody understands that that routine, it's me. 
Yeah, you been know there, it. Sure. Been there, done right. that. Still kind of doing that. All right. And now it's the new generation. Starting school. In fact, we got to go pick. We got to go pick Riley up from school for the first time last week. Oh, do you? Okay. And that was really cool. That All was right. kind of fun. Okay, I did it. Thank you for bearing with me while I was. Yep. It was like we're trying to coordinate every time I was either on the air or out of town. I'm like, and then they sent back <laughs> some other options. So, all right, that's confirmed. Good. All right, so I am in the process. I just turned it over to Kevin, but uh, Connor, what's his last name? Boy, is it Boyack? Yeah, he is the author of uh, the Tuttle Twins books. Oh, and I'm I'm working on getting him on the show. That would be awesome. I love what I, they did do. you know they're based out of Utah? No, I did not. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm working on that. I thought it might be kind of fun to get him on the show and kind of find out what inspired him to uh, to, to author the books and where he where he's at and as far as liberty and freedom and stuff. Okay. So working on that. It probably won't be till next month. Wow. All right. And and, yeah. and as far as you know, your job description continues to expand with the banning of youtube your youtube channel now you got to upload find time to upload you know a lot of stuff yeah right? i Man. mean it's how do you i don't even you don't even sleep do you have any time to sleep you know what here's the thing i there was a time and this this was back in the day and this is this is how i think i i got the uh the the what would you call it the moniker yeah <laughs> super don of super don was because yeah. i didn't sleep yeah as I've gotten older, I need to sleep. <laughs> so I, I'm a little bit more. Um, I let's say I, I have I have uh, different boundaries now <laughs> than I used to, because I do. I just I have to you know say hi, and so people remember who I am, and yeah, and and stuff like that. So, I'll, but I'll fit it in somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'll fit. I mean, whatever. Even if it's just a you know a couple of day, I'll uh, okay. it'll get done. By the way, I, I have dogs I, in the studio. That I hear that. that. That mom is is going somewhere. Hi. Oh, hello there. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, the top of the hour break in the, in the middle of the show was the uh, uh, rsbfood.com. Marjorie Wildcraft talking about blackberries. Yeah. And, dude, it was awesome. We planted blackberries, and we have a special area. But I think I'm going to actually – I'm inspired to transfer some of the ex- – the extra blackberry that grew from the blackberry we planted into other yeah. areas to get more of them. And the raspberries have been prolific late summer here. I've been eating raspberries every day. I just go out and grab a handful. Last night we put them in some in our We salad. had our first oh. Valencia tomato last year. Ooh, the big one? Did you take a picture? Yeah. Well, it was, you know, my daughter, Laura. Yeah. Um, she, her and my, my daughter-in-law stopped by. And they yeah. do this a lot now for some reason. Mm-hmm. Now that there's there's a garden and there's stuff in the garden, you know, and they came by. You got any tomatoes? <laughs> and so I had just picked the very first one. It was he was like it was like a softball. Yeah, big Valencia kind of a, a an orange yellow kind of thing like that. And uh, the girls came in and <laughs> chop 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 chop. You know, threw a little salt on it, ate it. You know, and I'm like, I did get a piece of it, but. Okay. They're big fans her, of this. Did you tell your daughter next year you have to grow your own? No. Well, come on. A little tough love, Daddy. Well, you know what? Actually, 
Yeah. Uh, anything that will get my kids to come over and hang out and spend time here, I do because they're growing up. And you haven't experienced this yet, Rob. No, that's true. That is true. They're grown up. So your your down, trick is right? to make sure they don't grow food, so they have to come over for a tomato. It's a, yeah, it's it's a like a dangling the, the dad. Can I have more tomatoes, please? It's a t- t- tomato dangling on the stick, right? Yeah. <laughs> the old tomato dangle trick. That's right. Oh, that's funny. All right, I that's get it. Right. I'm still yeah. encouraging it for other reasons, not just the visits. But. Sure. No, absolutely. Hundred percent. Find a way, y'all. Find a way. All right. Yep. What do we have tomorrow? Do we have anything on the calendar for tomorrow? Ty Bollinger. Okay. Maybe. EMB, I hopefully. guess I should find out, huh? Yeah, we're heading into the U.S. Health Freedom Congress. Hopefully you can show up, talk about some stuff there. Um, let's see. What else? Did we do a QOT? Yeah, we did the question of the day, didn't we? Yes, that was the heart thing. That was a call, phone call. Or was there yeah. a separate QOT? No, we didn't have a, a, a question, question today. for today. Okay. What are you typing? I'm messaging Ty Bollinger. Ah, see if he can show up tomorrow. See if he might. Nope, he just got the message. Okay. He's typing. All right. It's doing the little thing where it goes across when people are typing. Mm -hmm. Survey says. (laughs) He's writing a novel. It could be a novel. Come on. All right, in the meantime, I want to say thank you to Daniel Harner, PhD, all the way from Austria, now in Sedona, Arizona. That was a cool hour, and Clay Clark and guest were on board for today and definitely got into some monetary stuff that was shocking but not surprising about digital currency, the digital dollar that they want to implement for total control. So that's so it. he is not going to be here tomorrow. Okay, so we're wide open tomorrow. Correct. All right. So fill in the blanks. I'm going to take a break now and then be back and uh, let's get uh, Jonathan Emord's show on Thursday, the Sacred Fire of Liberty, done in advance so that that travel day we still have some new new show stuff happening on the way up to the U.S. Health Freedom Congress. Okay. Yeah. Any other announcements? Any questions? This is it. Going once. Going twice. Let me check out our chat room. See what's going on there. DJ Katie says illegals don't have constitutional rights. That's Americans what I would either, think. Though. That's Americans what I would think. But maybe there's something I, you know, I, I won't pretend like I know everything. But got to remember, the Constitution doesn't grant us rights. Just remember that. But I get the the sentiment. Yeah, you you come over across illegally, and you, then you suddenly got to go. You can't do anything to me, dude. Most countries would jail you imprison you or immediately send you right back over the border so i hate it when uh, yeah i said the hate word when people complain how they're treated after they enter a country illegally and i'm not meaning that you should put people in you know sewage sludge that's not what i'm saying but dude lord come on really you're like i broke into your house illegally and now i'm upset that you you've chained me to the radiator in the basement until the police come I mean, you think about that. It's like, really? You broke into my house and you're upset the way I'm treating you? You're lucky I let you live. Now, this is not me talking to people who have <laughs> entered the board. I'm just talking about your home, that kind of concept. But these people expect that what? They are given welfare benefits, given a home to live in. And you know, Americans that can't afford the homes they're living in hardly. You, you know, know, and it would be one thing if these guys kids women children whatever had been like 
had been put in like the Obama cages. Remember mm-hmm. those pictures? Yeah. Uh, you know, separated from each other. Uh, you know, all stuff like that. As far as I know, unless there's something I don't know here in the situation, that's not what happened. No. And yet now, oh, class action lawsuit. Their their constitutional rights were were. What constitutional rights? <laughs> They're illegal. Good question. Aliens. I'll say it. And I know people they don't like that term anymore. Yeah. But that's what they are. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what you call them. They still they 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 broke the law. And I understand. It's it's. Uh, you want to be compassionate and empathetic, sympathetic. Don't don't call me and say I used the wrong word. Uh, to to people's you know situations, they're they're poor, they're starving, they're in, in terrible. You know where they're coming from is not a good place. Uh, but at the same time, there's there's a way to do it and a way not to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that, that you know the whole reason why you see a lot of shifting going on in the Hispanic community in this country, yeah. where a lot of these people now are are voting for conservatives. Is because, and they've said this. You know, you can you find it's not hard to find. You know, they they went through the process to be here, mm-hmm. and when they 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 see people that are just pouring over the border, you know, you know, I, they're they're offended by that. You know, it's like why did why did I go through the process of doing everything that I was supposed to do in order to become a citizen of the United States, and you just walk right in here. And now you're going to sue somebody because they violated your constitutional rights because they put you on a plane and flew you to Martha's Vineyard? I mean, come on. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, how bad is the is the political uh, football going to be played here uh, with this situation? I don't know. But I am interested. My, my question for Jonathan Umord would be, how does an illegal alien, an illegal whatever, undocumented, undocumented migrant, whatever you want to call him, how do they sue somebody for a uh, violation of their fourth and 14th amendment right if they're not a citizen of the United States? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's an answer. You'd think. Uh, yeah. You think AOC has something to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't put it past her. Wouldn't put it past her. So anyway, all right. Well, I got to put together a few things here for that uh, recording. Okay. And so we'll be back tomorrow. We don't know what we're going to do, but we promise we'll try and do our best to make it good. Yes. And uh, you guys have a good afternoon. Yeah, thank you all for being here. I know it was quiet in the chat room, but we had a lot to cover today. I thought it was great. And I thank you so much for being here and uh, sharing the show. That's really important. And uh, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, that'd even be all the more awesome if it's possible. We'd love to have you. Thank you, thank you. And next AMA, 28 September. All right, y'all, tomorrow, I think, is right at the cusp, the equinox. I want to see your sunrise and or sunset pictures. I usually try to take a sunset picture on the uh, solstice, winter and summer, and the spring and fall equinox. I like to do that. It's just my little See if we can balance an egg on the table, and I'll do the the broom. I can do the broom. The broom is standing up, yeah. See what you can do there. All right. Okay. Later, All right, We'll we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.